New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. What's up, everyone? It is May 27th, 2020. Oh, boy. I tell you, it's really, really difficult to be typing all those notes, watching not only NXT, but Dynamite at the same time. And I got to tell you, I really enjoyed both shows tonight. Kind of leaning towards NXT, to be honest with you. Uh, but still, had a lot of fun tonight, and I am here as always, and I uh, want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, just to let you all know, if the camera looks a little bit different today, I actually had to do some uh, repositioning of some cameras and some lights, and you know, it was just really, really crazy day. Absolutely crazy. I mean, between the office and doing the shows... And doing some personal stuff and then watching the news with all that uh, terrible stuff that's coming out of uh, other parts of the country. That guy that got killed from the cops, man, it's just a really shitty day, you know. And we're in the middle of a pandemic still. But uh, look, shout out to everybody tuning in live. I thank you as always for the support. And if you enjoy this episode later today, please hit the like button. And if you enjoy the channel, please subscribe. Blows me away. 11,300 subscribers in four months. Four months. Can't wait to see what this channel looks like three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. Man, 2021 is going to be an awesome year. I'm so looking forward to it. Can't wait for this pandemic to be out of here. So, got a lot of stuff to get in today, a lot of news. We're going to cover, obviously, Dynamite and NXT. I think people are probably the most excited today as far as AEW goes because of the arrival of the Revival. Well, we can't call them that anymore. Uh, the Revolt, the Revival, formerly the Revival, Dash, Dawson, Dax, Prancer, sounds like Reindeer. Look, they're in AEW now. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, you know, it'll mix up the tag team division a little bit more. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I keep an open mind. Those two guys are obviously very talented. Um, I don't know if bland old school is really the recipe to go. 
Uh, I think a little bit of chip on their shoulders will probably help them tremendously. And hey, let's see where they go in AEW. I mean, it, it blew me away tonight to see. Um, what, what did I call them the other day? Not you know, we had the bubbly bunch. What did we call them? We call them the cuddly bunch. Yes, it's you know, instead of calling them goofs from now on, I think we're going to call them the cuddly bunch because these are grown ass adults that need to be cuddled on social media, need to tweet back all day long. And when this pandemic is over, you'll notice, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, how come you're still tweeting all day long? Don't you have the cuddly bunch? People are already ripping on the revolt showing up in AEW. Motherfuckers haven't even had one match yet. I mean, it just blows me. I, I don't get it. I don't get it how I keep seeing people all over social media basically telling us, you know, we're all wrestling fans and we need to be nicer to each other and we need to let people like what they like. But then you see a tag team, oh, WWE ripoff, oh, WWE reject, oh, you shouldn't like this person because he is for a different demographic or he's this and you're too old and this person's too young. Fuck you! I'm a wrestling fan. Seriously, they talk out of one side of the mouth and then a few minutes later, the other side of the mouth. Comedians, the cuddly bunch. And Jesus, Jericho announces the next cruise going to take place in February. I got the notes. We'll get into it. And right away, you know, the cuddly bunch making fun of Team Sausage Fest 3. Three. Yeah, that's four. That's three. I mean, oh, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and this and that. There's going to be a fucking vaccination by February. It's going to, man, pe people just love misery. That saying misery loves company is so on point and it's terrible. That's why all of us out there, you know, we got to live more boring lives. You got to stay away. I know it's kind of addictive to be involved in conversations all day long and this, this, and that, and 50 likes. But at the end of the day, you know, what do these people have? It's, please, we got to be wrestling fans. Enjoy what you like. Disregard what you don't like. There's so much stuff out there. My God, Carnyland, the NWA stuff. We're not even getting matches right now, and we have Carnyland. Um, and it's funny because as I was watching Carnyland today, we got Heat 101, one-time movie theater, May Valentine selling 100% pure hand sanitizer, just like her, just like her, pure. Tim Storm's Carnyland history lesson. Barney Bell sitting on top of a counter looking sexy. And there's a toaster oven sitting in the sink. And I think there was water in it. Mongrovian mask. What's causing all this? Billy Corrigan next week announces he's going to, they're going to announce the first ever mayor of Carnyland. And this is Sinet. They got a patron that I'm actually going to sign up for tomorrow. Well, I'll probably wait till June 1st. Why should I get charged twice in three days? I mean, I, I don't think I'm that stupid. You know, Don Tony land is not that stupid. So June 1st, you get my donation. But I thought about Carnyland trying to put my finger on it. If anybody remembers before Carnyland debuted, I said it reminded, it reminded me the name, reminded me of that Southpaw Championship Wrestling that WWE did. Sure enough, kind of is sort of that. But I think I figured out what Carnyland is. And I'm not kidding you. I'm dead serious. You know, 
when a lot of people don't know what REM sleep is. When you get into that really, really deep sleep, that's when you usually start to dream. And sometimes your dreams, you remember them when you wake up. Sometimes you got some whacked out dreams. And I can't tell you how many times in my life, and tell me if you all have gone through this as well. You're sleeping, you're dreaming, and one moment you're hanging out with your friends, you're cruising in your car, and then for some reason the next moment you're standing at a party, standing in a McDonald's, standing in the middle of the street, you're naked and everybody else is dressed, and you don't know why you're naked. Then the next thing you know, people are trying to shoot you, people are trying to stab you, boom, 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 but for some reason the bullets don't hurt. I can't tell you how many times over the years, and I swear this is the God honest truth, how many times I woke up in a sweat from a dream, and in the dream I'm about to get shot, or I'm about to get stabbed, and for some reason in my dream, I always talk talk myself out of the problem. I could have 15 people from the South Bronx, the South South Bronx, all fucking, you know, just out there to kill me, and for some reason, like, I just say a couple of sentences, and they always seem to listen. And I wake up, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good. And then the next thing you know, you're flying in the air like the geese. For some reason, I'm flying through the air. So I'm driving, I'm at a party, I'm naked, I'm being stabbed, I'm flying. And the next thing I know, I wake up with morning wood. That's what Carnyland makes me feel like. It's like a dream when you have all this crazy shit going on and you wake up and you're like, what the hell did I just dream? That's what Carnyland reminds me of. And, uh, you know, for new followers here that may not be used to Wednesday Night Dynamite, I do everything imaginable to avoid talking about Raw and SmackDown. Every podcaster out there does that. My Monday show that I do with my co-host, that is what that show is primarily for. Friday, we get into a little bit of main uh, roster WWE. And I know some people out there don't like when I say it that way because some people consider NXT main roster as well. I get it. But, you know, the stereotype when you say main roster, you think Raw or SmackDown. But, uh, oh, wrestling soup in the house and shout out to Mish. Uh, you know, I want to let everybody know. And, you know, look... For me, it's kind of rough because Friday for the Don Tony show, Saturday for the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view recap, Monday for the DTKC show. This is the fourth show already for yours truly, talking about the suicide of Hana Kimura, 22 years old. And you know what? I give a lot of props for... WWE NXT for allowing Mara Ronaldo to acknowledge her passing and talking very briefly about bullying. And we all know Mara Ronaldo's, you know, battles, you know, with, uh, you know, mental illness and bullying. And, um, you know, there's a lot that you don't know about Hana Kimura. And, you know, I did so much research the last couple of days, you know, try to understand a little bit more why someone that beautiful, that young, with so many friends and such a bright future still gets to this point. And, you know, of course, social media is brutal. They are brutal. It is never ending. I mean, you know, for you put that aside, I know the big buzz the last couple of days is what happened with social media and um, JD from New York. And Monday, you know, I had a little bit of a conversation but, you know, I got so many PMs and emails from people saying, hey, how would you have handled the situation? 
And the only reason why I never said how I would handle it is because I was never asked. You know, um, me personally and any longtime follower of mine will remember this. 16 years ago, a lot of bullshit was going on online. Now, I wasn't accused of, you know, some of the things that were floating around now. But I had people prank calling my house. I had people with death threats and this, this, and that. And the mass maniac will remember it clearly. Anybody remembers that situation. It was 16 years ago already. And how I resolved that matter like this, even though we didn't have Twitter or Facebook at that time, I called the cops. Now, we don't even have the cyberbullying laws back then that we have now, but I called the cops. And I gave them my phone number, and I filed a police report that I got people prank calling my house, threatening to kill me, threatening to do this, this, and that. And I put a copy of the police report on the Internet. Soon as I put that police report on the internet so that people realized that I wasn't just tweeting saying, hey, I'm calling the cops, you know, yup, yup, remember, yup, yup. You know, people could say all day long, oh, I reported this, I reported that, this happened to me, this happened to me. But you never provide proof of that. People think that you're just lying, you know. And when I heard that JD, you know, that he said that his family were being called in text, me, how I would have handled it, I would have immediately filed the police report. I would have taken the re- police report, scanned a copy, darkened out the you know the real personal information, and put it online. Say, all right, for all of you out there, I hope you were in an internet cafe, which I don't even think they're open right now because of the pandemic. So 99% of these goofs that are doing the shit that they're doing, they're probably doing it from the privacy of their own home. And just, you know, if you think you could hide behind VPNs all the time, you'd be for a little surprise. I would have put that son of a bitch right online, police report, hey, everybody, here, yeah, guy, keep calling, calling my house. Watch how fast it ends. Because people at the end of the day, even look what, look what happened with the Velveteen Dream situation. You remember when on my show, since day one, I said, this don't pass the smell test. This, 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 this. If you take the time and look at it, it doesn't add up. People wanted that to be true. People insisted that that had to be true. And what happened? The minute these teenagers started to realize, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this guy is actually looking into us and Velveteen Tream didn't do that. And we keep accusing him of this, this, and that. You know, our asses could be in some major fucking trouble. This person deletes his Twitter page. This one does this. This one takes everything online and everything goes away. You know, anybody could tweet, you know, anything all day long. When you start showing people proof and they start shitting bricks about it, you see how quickly stuff like that goes away. And you know what? I want to give a shout out to Connor Kayfabe. You know, because he stopped doing wrestling podcasts. And I swear to you, I, I, okay, Fabe, I was going to say this, whether you just sent that very generous contribution or not. But he just did a podcast talking about mental health as well. And, um, you know, I, I definitely, in the near future, we, I'm extending the, I, maybe I shouldn't have done this publicly, but I'm extending the invitation for him, he and I, to come on and you know what? Oh, shit. I, I I hit the wrong one. I was actually just toying around and stuff like that. Oh, wait a minute. He didn't send a message. He just sent that. That's that's why it's blank. I'm testing around new things, you know, moving around. But I'm extending the invitation for he and I to do an episode just talking about mental health. Just talking about the stuff that goes on um, and maybe some personal experiences, maybe some of the ways people handle it, maybe someone will learn something from it. 
but you know, I give him all the credit in the world and everybody else that goes through uh, just a lot of issues, you know, cyberbullying related or not. But um, you know, the the one thing that I definitely recommend everybody to, to do when you get a chance, if the Hana Kimura suicide really did affect you, because there's a lot of people online, and I wrote this four days ago, and it's so pathetic when you actually look at it. Four days ago, I wrote that you have people online and, you know, they're going to say, you know, all this, you know, condolences and we got to be better and let us all get along and this, this and that. And then literally within a day or two, threatening people, making fun of people, you know, cracking jokes at people that like things that they don't or following people that they don't or enjoying wrestlers that they hated and this and that. And I'm like, you know, people, they'll never get it. They'll never get it because sure, the Hana Kimura suicide definitely shakes people. It shakes people. It gives you, Friday when that story broke in the middle of the show, I legitimately got a cold chill on my spine. But unless you truly feel it here, you know, a couple of days it wears off and you're right back to the same shit as before. And if you really um, want to learn a little bit more of some of the issues that Hana Kimura went through her entire life, Mish on his wrestling soup did an episode and he talked about Hafu. Not Haku, you know, it used to be in the WWF, Hafu, H-A-F-U. And this is coming from someone, you know, who definitely can relate to this in a lot of ways. He did a, a, a fabulous piece on it. And what I was saying before, and believe me, I wasn't planning on getting into this this early, but, you know, I did so much research over the weekend about her suicide. And the more I learned about what's going on in Japan, especially, you know, Hafu, not, whether it's that or something else, it's so fucking sad. And then I'm reading about detergent suicide. And then you're reading stories of how, you know, someone, you know, tries to kill himself and usually succeeds. And then a family member runs into the room to try to save that person's life. And because of the toxic fumes, they succumb. I read a story about one family that the father went in to save, I think his daughter, didn't come out. Two minutes later, his uh, her brother runs into the room to save her and her dad. He doesn't come out. A whole fucking family got wiped out about stuff like that. And then you hear some more specifics from the police report. It is absolutely terrible. And, you know, it's just a shame. It's Things are not going to change overnight. Hopefully, you know, people will start learning and growing and understand that they don't have to make one-shot one-liners and crack jokes and insults and make fun of people, you know. And then, you know, once they start getting a little under pressure, I was just joking around, you know. I'm sure some of those people that cyberbully are just joking around. Don't assume that the person you're cracking the jokes at on the other side of the computer is standing there going, <laughs> funny, oh, I get it now. Oh, that was a good one. Ah! No, you don't know. So not saying everybody needs to be, you know, perfect altar boy, altar girl, good person, you know, saint. But, you know, you got to be a little bit more careful. You know, I know some of these jokes, you know, funny and this and that. But at the end of the day, man, you know, I, that's why I love doing video now. 
because, you know, you see my eyes and I could talk about this a little bit more and it seems to be getting a much bigger, broader audience. And what I love the most about it is that, sure, we could talk about WWE, sure, we could talk about AEW, NWA, Impact Wrestling, go down the line. But sometimes real life is definitely stuff that needs to be talked about. I'm not one of those like WWE, sweep it under the rug, sweep it under the rug. Oh, when you watch us, we don't want you to think about the pandemic, you know. But if, but if a charity organization with enough publicity comes along where, you know, they could be a big part of it and a nice tax write-off, then all of a sudden everybody would, you know. And, and it's what's sad about it is, and I make always make certain to bring this up, a lot of WWE stars, a lot of stars from other wrestling promotions as well, are all gutted about these tragedies. Unfortunately, you know, when everybody, you know, made such a big deal a year ago, it's almost a year to the day that Sami Zayn said AEW on WWE television. You know, oh my God, he said, I can't believe he said that. You know, there's a lot of wrestlers there that would love to talk about some of these things, but they can't do it on their television show, you know? It just, it's sad because, you know, I, I appreciate Mauro Ranallo making a mention earlier, but you mean to tell me you can't fucking put a graphic up there? My God, they put up a tribute to fucking uh, George Bush, the senior. Definitely deserved it. They did a whole fucking video package of George Bush. I, I don't remember him fucking, you know, ringing the bell or doing timekeeping at WrestleMania. I'm talking to the, the senior, you know, sometimes they pay tributes to people you know, and I say to myself, okay, you know, that's cool and everything, but, you know, why can't you fucking bring up Mabel? You know, why can't you bring up, it's just, I don't like that selective, you know, and this idea that, oh, we don't want to talk about suicide because that's just going to bring people down. The fuck out of here, seriously. The things that you don't expect people to do are usually the most genuine. I don't, I don't like that extra, you know, just no, no. But uh, anyway, definitely, yeah, George Bush was a former hardcore champion. But definitely go out of your way and check out uh, Mish's discussion on Hafu and uh, what Hanukkah went through. Definitely, uh, you know, will open your eyes a little bit as far as, you know, what is going on. And it, it's sad, but hey, you know, let's get a little bit on a more brighter note. You know, um, AEW and NXT tonight, both phenomenal shows. You know, my God, Timothy Thatcher tonight earned his fucking stripes. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know, you know, at the end of the show, maybe I'll come up with a ratings prediction. I don't know if NXT is going to beat AEW in the ratings this week. But man, you know, even if the ratings absolutely suck when they come out tomorrow, I think Timothy Thatcher should stand up there and smile and know he fucking earned every bit of respect from people out there. Just because he's not a household name yet doesn't mean you can't get behind him. You know, um, lost a couple of teeth, bleeding. Kurt Angle, nice to see him back. Special guest referee. Oh, wait a minute, he was let go. You know, it's they definitely are trying to mix it up a little bit. And for those that don't know, you know, rumor going around is that Matt Riddle... Uh, is SmackDown bound? This may have been Matt Riddle's write-off as far as NXT goes. Um, I do not know the SmackDown spoilers for this week or next, but there are a couple of reports going around online that um, that Matt Riddle wrestled on SmackDown. So let's see what happens. Now, you know that to me, that's kind of 
disappointing. And for one reason and one reason only, I was really, really enjoying Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne being a tag team. Now, this pandemic, it's not over yet. And there's going to be cases of it going into 2021, maybe even beyond. I hope all of you watched my rant on Monday about the plexiglass with WWE. Because, you know, again, I know some people don't like, you know, when I pat myself on the back or this and that. But I truly, truly, you know, there's certain things you could talk about or complain about that, you know, will get people to, you know, watch you in droves. But I try to really, really analyze and think outside the box. Okay, why is this and why is that and why is this? And I am convinced, I'm not going to get into the whole rant I said on Monday, but I am convinced that plexiglass is there until 2021. That plexiglass is there with a higher purpose. Right now, they test every WWE wrestler. They test every employee in that building. They test every NXT star. So if everybody's been tested and nobody has COVID, if everybody could be in a room together or home together or, you know, in a hotel room together or at their families together because they all got tested and they don't have COVID, then why do they have to be so far apart and behind plexiglass? Hey, I don't have the fucking virus. Why do I have to stand behind the plexiglass with my mouth against the thing going and making smoke? It's to get fans used to what's going to be happening because even going into 2021, and I've said this many times before, not every single person is going to be vaccinated, even if it's available. Not every parent out there is going to vaccinate their kids because they are afraid. Less than half of our country in the United States even gets vaccinated for flu. A lot of families are afraid that kids will get autism. So even when this vaccine, vaccine comes out, in my opinion, before November, and I try not to get political on these shows anymore. That was one major change I was doing for 2020. And I appreciate everybody that sees that. I'll do it sometimes on Patreon or on Friday if people want me to. But, um, you know, anybody that likes Trump or even dislikes Trump, I think one thing we can all agree on, that this guy, if this vaccine could come out before the election, you know, that is a major voting point for him. Look, you know, I fought and I paid, you know, pushed and pushed and pushed and we got the vaccine in September. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it may not even debut in this country, but a vaccine is coming in September, October. And even if it comes, you're going to have people in attendance that did not get vaccinated and they're going to be, even if it's six feet apart, four feet apart, when a wrestler comes out and all the fans flock to the plexiglass to look against it and go, <laughs> you're going to have strangers near strangers and someone could get COVID. So that plexiglass is right now is for fans to get used to the plexiglass around the ring. That shit ain't changing anytime soon. That's why it was up there for NXT. And I know what some people are going to say. Well, maybe it takes a lot of work to put up the plexiglass and take it down. And my answer to you is it's probably more work for them to put up the fight pit and then take it down after one match. So, you know, this is going to continue for the foreseeable future. Now, AEW, though, I don't know if you caught it tonight, but Jim Ross made a little joke and said at least, you know, the people at ringside aren't behind plexiglass. And um, they kind of, you know, 
put it in WWE's face a little bit more because you had the young bucks jump over the guardrail, beat the butcher and the blade, which were in leather S and M outfits. And now they look like ice cream men selling bon bonbons and banana boats and snow cones. And then we had on dark yesterday, Ali no longer being the bunny dressed in regular clothes, eating an apple, you know, fucking around with QT Marshall. So the butcher and the blade, they should come out to Mr. Softy or make, you know what, make Ali. And I'm talking about the character, you know, I'm not talking about the person personally, but maybe she could be, be a klutz or be an idiot. And they could call the group. I know this is bad. I was thinking about it tonight. If Ali can be a, a ditz character wise, and she's like an airhead, maybe her and the butcher and the blade could be air B and B. I know. Wah, wah, wah. I was just thinking about it tonight. I'm like, wow, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, is this a setup? Is she, maybe they make her an airhead, and, you know, butcher and blade, B&B, &B, air, B&B, &B, you know, airhead, B&B. &B. Well, anyway, you know, the butcher and the blade right now dressed all in white. I wanted a fucking good humor bar, you know? I mean, that could have just been their casual outfit. Maybe that's what they wear and, you know, in on the days they don't have leather. But you could see, obviously, butcher and the blade and the bunny, you know, all, you know, lost their luggage, whatever, you know, but you know, we had the young bucks, you know, jump them and then, you know, the revolt, I guess, should we, should we get into that right now? You know, should we talk a little bit about tonight's show? Cause you know, one thing I want to throw right out there that confused a hell of a lot of people early on, um, because I'll, I'll tell you this much, as far as getting into both shows today, there's no reason to spend 20, 30 minutes on each show tonight we could get all into the overall results and a couple little tidbits here and there um but you know there's a couple of things that i think confuse people at first and the first thing was you know wait a minute what happened to best friends they wrestled private party a double or nothing in the dark match aew buy-in and the winner is the number one contender for the tag titles then tonight we see that um scu kazarian and scorpio are going to be taking on um, Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian, and the winners get a title match. And right away, people are like, wait a minute, I took Best Friends, just became number one contenders. Then they clarified it later on. Best Friends will be fighting the tag team champions. I have to say it that way, because we don't know if Kenny Omega and Hangman Page are going to be tag champs by the time Fighter Fest. Fighter! Fighter! I would, every time I hear that, I always think of Beavis and Butthead. Remember? Fire! Fire, fighter, fighter. I can't do it right now. I'm not in that frame of mind. But um, why do I look the other way when I do impersonation? I thought that uh, the other day I noticed that I was like, you're fired. You could catch people who lie on video when they look the other way, when they start making excuses and they'll do this. Or they'll look down or look this. I look down sometimes at notes. But um, anyway, best friends are going to be fighting for the tag titles at Fighter Fest. So the winner tonight was just getting a title match next week. They're not the number one contenders. And if you remember over the weekend, I said that, you know, a match is, should go down soon be, with involving Omega and Paige to kind of maybe start teasing that breakup. Why am I doing this? Start teasing that breakup. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any chance that Havoc and Sabian get the belts next week, but this might start a little dissension between the two. 
I'm doing that again. Uh, by the way, wonderful camera work. Gave me a lot of, you know, flashbacks of Mick Foley, the three faces of Foley. You know, yes, they did it in the pool on Saturday, but I loved at the beginning when uh, the Young Bucks are with Paige and Omega and Omega and Paige leave. I guess they go to a hotel room. Omega's drinking milk and Paige is drinking whiskey. And Matt Hardy is doing his broken Matt. And uh, the Young Bucks kind of was like hoping like a different version of Matt today. So they kept moving the camera just enough so you would not see any of the Young Bucks' body. And then the camera would be paused. Matt Hardy would change his outfit. And the camera would come back. And then Matt Hardy would show up with a different gimmick. And he did version one, you know, Broken Matt. And it was just seamless. It was seamless. It was really done in a very fun way. And, um, you know, in the beginning of the show as well, which was hilarious, they had all these boxes of inner circle st uh, stadium stampede champions that uh, they were going to you know, make up shirts to sell because they won the stadium stampede. And, um, you know, apparently, you know, they, they printed way too many because they lost the stadium stampede. And Jericho thinks there's only one or two boxes of the shirts. No big deal. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I think people would buy them from pro wrestling tees, to be honest with you, if it was real, but most of those boxes are empty. But then they open the back of the truck and you see all these boxes with stickers on it. And you think, oh my God, they made like 10,000 shirts up. But the hype today was inner circle having a pep rally. Now it was advertised that Mike Tyson was going to be making an appearance. Now for the last couple of days, uh, Jericho has been on social media talking about Mike Tyson. I didn't forget what you did to me, blah, 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 blah. If you remember when Tyson quote unquote decked him on WWE television 10 years ago. So we know that Tyson's going to appear tonight. Now I know I'm going a little out of place, but as you can see, I'm looking at you more than I'm looking at notes. So I'm just talking as, as I think of things. Um, but what happens is, is Cody comes out for his interview later with Tony Schiavone and I'm expecting Lance Archer's music to hit. I'm expecting Mike Tyson's music to hit. I'm expecting something with Tyson. And it ends up Tyson's not part of this segment anymore. So I'm thinking, okay. So either, you know, Tyson, they decided not to do anything with him, which would have not been the, the way to go because everybody in the net would have cried foul, even though Tyson is older and he's not going to, you know, do anything like, you know, what we thought was going to happen years ago. But um, since he wasn't in the segment with Cody, now you start thinking to yourself, okay, all right, you know, Tyson, Jericho, and, you know, AEW tonight opened up, reminded me of Roar is War and the War Zone, and it ended tonight reminding me of WWF Roar is War, or the War Zone, I guess it would be the War Zone, right? Because if, if anybody missed it, they changed their opening intro tonight. Music, I believe, was different. I seriously invite you all, for the younger fans out there that never watched any old school WWF, especially when they did Roar is War in the War Zone. You know, if you remember that that one song, and um, it would end with, you know, Austin bleeding from his match with Brett at WrestleMania 13, and you see them fighting in the ring. Fighting! No, that's fighting. I was going to say fire, fire. They were, well, they were fighting in the ring with fire, fire. 
you know, around the, and they were on the roof and battling. And I remember Bret Hart used to be in that segment also, even though Bret Hart had already left to go to WCW. Ahmed Johnson kicking the gate down with the dogs barking in Austin. Yeah. You look at that intro, you look at tonight's AEW intro, reminded me a lot of the Roar is War intro. I don't know if anybody out there uh, thought of the two tonight, but I'm telling you, watch the intro for Roar's War, watch tonight's AEW intro, and I guarantee you're going to say to me, yeah, you know, I can actually see some similarities. And then when Raw went off the air, and by the way, I just want to let everybody know, when you see me doing this, I actually found out that I am suffering from some allergies, dust, pollen, and some other stuff, so... I actually have um, a prescription I'm supposed to pick up tomorrow, some allergy medicine. It's supposed, just supposed to stop the itchy nose. So, you know, I got the fan here, but it's off right now. And, you know, when you put it on sometimes, I don't know, I seem to get a little more itchy. But if you see it, yeah, thorn in your eye. Thank you, Anthony Diaz. Thorn in your eye. Watch that. But even the end tonight, anybody tonight towards the end feel, and look, I praise AEW a lot, and I'll criticize them where necessary as well, and I'm not criticizing the, the end of AEW Dynamite tonight, but it felt an awful lot like Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin, Tyson and Austin. That's what it felt like to me. It felt like AEW trying to get their ESPN moment. You know, it was fun. It was fun, but it did feel like a little bit of copying. Um... But hey, you know, I Tyson is in awesome shape. I heard the rumors of Tyson fighting Tyson, as in Tyson Fury. I don't know if that's official or not. But, you know, God bless the guy. You know, he's turned his life around. He's in phenomenal shape. Look at him from seven, eight years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago. It's a little mind-boggling to see what kind of shape Mike Tyson is in now compared to yesteryear. But it felt like a little bit of publicity. Benjamin, as far as AEW being WWE, wrestling copies wrestling forever. My God, you know what was funny? I don't want to blow up anybody's spot. You know, you could look around and see for yourself. But what I found funny is people cracking jokes about AEW copying WWE. And then when WWE copies something from AEW, if they're not fans of AEW, they'll say, oh, now the AEW fans are all going to say, you copied, you copied. I got news for you. Fucking since Hulkamania debuted in the WWF, I've seen shit copied. How many times you watch AWA stuff and you're like, wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. No, 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 no. That was created in WWF. Oh, no, no, no. And it's not just Hulkamania. There's so many other things that was ripped off. You see things in WCW. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What about Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What about Memphis Wrestling? Oh, uh, everybody thinks. I mean, the, the one of the ones that was brought up recently that I love is when, you know, they had the, the New Jack and Mustafa and they were in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and they're trying to find The Undertaker. They're supposed to fight The Undertaker and you had, you know, like their form of nation of domination. It's a, shit has been copied over and over and over again for decades and decades and decades. And, you know, it's always reincarnated in, a different, in different ways. Now, the only problems I have with it is, you know, like when Cody, 
you know, doesn't want to be like WWE, but then he's got the Triple H throne and using the sledgehammer and this, this and that. You know, I, I understand it's a personal, it's not personal between Triple H and Cody. I'm sure if they saw each other, they would hug each other and, you know, exchange pleasantries. It's not like anybody really wants to beat the crap out of each other. But there is, you know, competitive you know, reasons behind some of this. And Cody, you know, we talked about it on Friday. It was amazing. All of these fans out there had no idea that Friday, I think, was the anniversary of Cody's release in the WWE. Four years, I believe it was. You know, so, you know, when you say you're not going to copy and then you're using the throne and the sledgehammer and this and that, you know, I, I think it's better for people to just shut up. Just do your version of whatever you want to do. You know, Nobody has to reinvent the wheel. Just make it better, plain and simple. So, you know, and look, I brought up Hulkamania because it's obviously the most, you know, infamous and famous, re re you know, copying. But there's so many others. My God. And even factions and stuff. It's, please. So when people say, oh, WWE copy, uh, AEW or vice versa, I'm like, give me a break. Seriously. Those are people that are just looking for conversation. But, you know, we had the opening match. Uh, private party and Joey Janela, you know, losing to Matt Hardy and the Young Bucks. Um, there was one point where it appears that Mark Quinn got hurt. Um, don't know if that was legit or not. You know, I think the the revolt, the revival, whatever you want to call them, you know, FTR, <laughs> FTA, MTA, MOB, you know, whatever you want to call them. You know, maybe the the Matt Hardy helping him in the back was a good way to get Matt Hardy off of TV. So when the revolt hit the ring, you only have two members of a tag team with two members of a tag team with two members of a tag team. You know, Matt Hardy would look kind of goofy if he's just standing around ringside, you know, and just like watching like what's going to happen. So when the match was over, you know, you had a referee and Matt Hardy helping Mark Quinn up the rampway. Young Bucks didn't act like they cared, like where did Matt Hardy go and this and that. And as I said earlier, that during the match, the Young Bucks jumped the guardrail and started beating up on the Butcher and the Blade. Now, yes, it did look a little bit random, but hey, you know, that was the setup later on. After the match is over, the ice cream men, you know, hit the ring. They're, they're beating up the Young Bucks. And then all of a sudden, you know, we see this like 79 Chevy truck, you know. When I saw that, I thought that was cool. But then I was saying to myself, wait a minute, you know, you need to fucking reincarnate yourself a little bit. You know, cutting a promo and kind of dissing WWE for not utilizing you the right way isn't going to cut it. If everybody's doing unbelievable flippy flippy, telling the story flippy flippy, and then you're there just doing fist and no no flips and everything else, there's got to be a little bit more to it. So the so them right around an old school truck, I'm like, all right, you know, look, I'm not gonna bitch over a truck, but you know, let let's let's see where it goes. But they hit the ring, and it was obviously predictable they're in the ring and they're in the face of the young bucks one of them grabbed i don't know if it was nick jackson's hair and you know he's looking like like a puppy dog like please don't choke me you know racist white woman in a central park or whatever park that was what was that bitch's name that loser you see that video 
you know, she's calling the cops, some African-American, this and that. You know, I tell you, man, you know, with the stuff that's going on right now with race and everything like that, it's, you know, look, you know, you see, we all see color. You know, I look at someone that's black, I know that they're black. Just like black person looks at me, I know they know that I'm white. It's not how you look at them, it's how you treat them. And I don't give a shit if I have somebody in front of me who's black, white, straight, gay, two feet, three feet, six feet, 10 toes, 12 toes. You know, I don't really care. But um, how we even got in, I have no idea. But, uh, you know, the re- oh, I know why. Because the revival are in the ring, the revolt. And, you know, they're grabbing one of the, the, the young bucks, you know, like, please don't hurt me. And then next thing you know, they turn around and they start beating up the ice cream men. And then they walk off and they kind of like, you know, diss the Young Bucks a little bit. You know, no selling them. So the revival, you could see, they're there for themselves. I, I, You kind of call them more babyface than anything else, but they're going to be more of their own two men. So, solitude, you know, you know, so let's see where it goes. I, I, it's good to see him in AEW. Let's see where it goes. You know, Jim Ross made a very interesting comment calling the Young Bucks and the Revolt arguably two of the best tag teams in wrestling today, and neither one of them are have titles or pursuing a title, which could very well be true. Um, let's see. Now we have uh, Moxley makes his entrance to the announced teams area, talking about Double or Nothing and Brody Lee. And talking about Brian Cage, and I tell you, man, you know, this is why, again, you know, when I posted that tweet on social media and saying, you know, ever since last year, I started social distancing myself, not just cough, cough, sneeze in my face, you know, spit in my face. I'm talking online social distancing as well. The more I separated myself from the people who are just stand-up comedians, they, you know, I I always want to see that pandemic unemployment application when it says job title. You know, I want to, I I really would love to see what title that they put, you know, stand-up comedians. I'm not talking about Krauser. You know, I'm talking about other people out there. But I noticed the more I distance myself from the people who just shit on everything, make jokes just for attention, you know, grown-ass adults doing this, the happier I became a wrestling fan. Opened up my eyes more to NWA, MLW, GCW, even a little bit of CZW, although that promotion is pretty much dead. And now ICW making their return. You know what? I really wanted to open up with this earlier, but I'm going to throw this shit out there right now in case you're you're not aware of this. I got to give major props to Danny DeMonto and Jack Sabbath because they announced today Remember my idea about six, seven weeks ago that pro wrestling should do driving events? You know, the only problem with that is you might have people beeping their horns, cranking some very questionable music, hip-hop music, you know, with all fuck, pussy, fuck, fuck, fuck. You know, some, of this, some people might try to be the entertainment, the life of the party in their cars. And I'm not taking credit for the idea because I know a lot of you out there thought of the same idea, but they are the first ones to not only announce that they're returning to wrestling in June with a drive-in event, but they sold it out in 30 minutes today. And for everybody that's going to ask me, I don't think I can go 
because my significant other right now is still a little afraid to even leave the house. Ain't no way if I tell her, hey, let's go to Atlantic City. We'll stay in the car and we'll watch wrestling. She's like, nah, I don't think I'm going to do that. But this is taking place in, in Atlantic City, June 27th. Expect a lot more of these type events in the summertime. You're in your car. You're not around strangers. You pay by the car, have refreshments, you know, restrooms, porta potties, whatever you want to call it. I love it. I absolutely love it. I hope, though, I came up with a goofy idea. They got to have a battle royal, and the winner gets the COVID cup. I'm making claim to that name right now. Don Tony, I should trademark that shit, the COVID cup. This way, pro wrestling companies all across the globe, you know, the winner of the Battle Royal gets the COVID Cup. The only question is, I don't know what the cup would look like, but this is the deal. And the only reason why I'm showing this, since even though I know a lot of you out there don't live in my neck of the woods, this might spark an idea for another wrestling promotion, whether it's in England or Lake Tahoe or, or Texas or California. There, it's going to be an outdoor event. 50 car limit. I think it was $60 a car. So that's three grand. All right. Plus, you know, whatever little things they could sell at the event as well. But all the guests remain in their car, restroom access throughout the event, complete menu of food and drinks. The, the staff are going to be wearing masks, especially when they're interacting with guests. Um, you're talking about waiters, waitresses, whatever. And, you know, all the wrestlers are going to be closely monitored. They're going to be tested. It is a lot easier now to get a COVID test. I've already been tested twice. You know, it's it's not hard to get a test right now if you really want to get one. Um, and, you know, the reason why I did it twice now, and I think I'm almost going to do it every week, is because, you know, I want to see my parents. I want to see my family. You know, I, I'm not going to lose days, weeks, and months simply because of this freaking virus. So if I could get tested, wait a couple of days, it says, and I'm clear and I can go, you know, I'm going to do that. So all of these wrestlers are going to be tested. And I love that. That's a wonderful thing, especially outdoors. Even if I coughed in somebody's face, if it's a little windy, that fucking virus is going to go, pfft. You know, nobody's going to cough in anybody's face. It would be kind of crazy. You'd do a storyline where somebody handcuffs somebody in the corner and everybody just starts coughing on them. You know, it'd be kind of a little cheesy, to be honest with you. But best of luck to them, man. I love it. I love it. They got to do one in Long Island because there's a couple of areas in Long Island where you can put almost like a drive-in type area. But um, I'm telling you, it's good. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree with you, RM Lowry. You know, um, um, and Benjamin as well. You know, you could bring the biggest car you can and load it up with everybody. I'll be honest with you. They probably would be happy with that because they, if they get any percentage of the food and the drinks and the merchandise, you know, the more people are better. Hell, man, if this was closer to my house, and I swear to fucking God, because people that remember my bus trips for XPW, USA Pro, and even VPW for a little while, I used to get you know, two, three, four buses filled up with people. I'd fucking call Coach USA and fill up a bus of 60 people and say, hey, Jack, you know, I'll buy two tickets, $120. I'll come with 60 people, you know? Obviously, I wouldn't be able to do that because I don't think 60 wrestling fans, strangers, would probably feel comfortable to be in a charter bus at a wrestling event. But hell, if I could 
get like a caravan that seats like 12 people. Hey, yo, John, you want to go to the wrestling? Yeah, I'll go. All right. Uh, how much is it? $60 a car. You know what? How's about, you know, we saved the three fucking cars. Let's rent like a giant caravan or something like that. A, a crazy Hummer that seats like 15 people, which I know it doesn't. You know, we'll only buy one ticket and we'll just all go ride together. I mean, my God, anybody that works or follows indie wrestling, that's what they do. You know, when wrestlers travel to different events, instead of having three, four cars with only one or two people in each car, eh, we'll just all cram together and we'll just all ride together. You have like four, five, six people in the same car. So, you know, Carmelo says that he has the antivirus. I hope you get better soon, my friend. Um, yeah, I hope you get better soon. Um, so props to them. I wanted to mention that. So getting back to AEW. Uh, so we had Moxley go down to the announcer's table and they're talking about Brian Cage. And let me tell you something. I know Taz TNA. I know Taz Impact Wrestling. I know Taz WWE. But I loved his promo today with Brian Cage. Yes, he has had promos in TNA that were really sharp and on point. Maybe because I haven't seen a Taz promo in a while that it was extra nice today to me. You know, it's, I, I don't want to compare it to a bad relationship, but how many of you out there, you break up with someone and the breakup is not, you know, not all that great or you break up, you're like, oh, thank God she's not calling me no more. And then for some reason, like two, three years later, you bump into each other. Hey, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. Hey, give me a call. You seen anybody? Give me a call. And you, you're like, oh, I'm going to give so-and-so a call. And because you haven't talked, you know, it absence makes the heart grow fonder. And then all of a sudden you call the person and like things are great. Then you realize a couple of weeks later, she was a psycho bitch. You remember why you broke up. So I enjoyed Taz today. Um, you know, I don't think the catchphrase that he's doing now, I don't think that would work on a shirt. I know Taz and ECW had beat me if you can survive if I let you. That was a great shirt. It would look kind of corny if Taz, because only Taz could wear the shirt if you think about it. If Taz wears the shirt and it says, beat him if you can survive if he lets you, now that would look kind of goofy. Um, then again, I guess if we wore the shirt and was Brian Cage on the shirt and says, beat him if you can, I guess maybe you can, can get away with that. But, you know, Taz is talking about someone else now. He's not talking about himself. But I like the pairing. And we're going to see Brian Cage versus Moxley at Fighter Fest. And by the way, Tony Khan did an interview over the weekend and he revealed that Fighter Fest was supposed to take place in London, England. Now, I don't recall if he ever said the building where it was supposed to take place. You know, so I don't know how far in the negotiations they were to actually have a building. I think this may have been planned, but, you know, nobody ever heard of anything about something taking place in England because that's kind of, you know, not only expensive, you really have to plan out in advance early on. You have to make sure passports in order. You got to make sure hotels, a lot, a lot of things. 
But, um, you know, I, I, I thought that was pretty cool that London, England was supposed to get Fighter Fest. Now, you know, once this pandemic is over, you know, not for nothing, but London, England is going to be like, okay, pandemic's over. Come, come. I knew you'd come. You know, so if now, now look, there's a million excuses why maybe fundage is a little bit different now, you know, but uh, the fact that AEW in this early in their promotional career, tenure, was already looking to go to London, England, that's a pretty big deal. That is a pretty big deal. So even though it was changed because of COVID, you know, that that's a big deal. So keep that in the back of your mind. But uh, Moxley will be fighting Brian Cage. And by the way, Brian Cage beat the shit out of Lee Johnson today. Six clothesline. I mean, we remember some of the crazy clotheslines that like JBL would give. And uh, who else? Who's who does that now? Not it was it Sheamus. Doesn't Sheamus do it too? Yeah, I think Sheamus does, you know, against the middle rope. Man, he just destroyed Lee Johnson. I gotta give Lee Johnson credit for fucking taking that shit, man. You know, when you see him on AEW Dark and this is and that, hey, that's the price you gotta pay, man. You wanna appear on AEW Dark, you know, you're gonna have to take a little beat down. I think that was the longest 75 seconds that Lee Johnson probably had in his career up to date. But I liked the match one minute out the way it should have been. One match I didn't like, I'll mention in a moment, but Taz's promo, spot on, enjoyed it. Next, we got Britt Baker coming out. What was her assistant's name? Was it Reba? Reba? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. I don't know if she was intentionally being a little bit like uh, dopey. Like, you know, hey, wake up, wake up. Was it Reba? But, um, you know, I'll tell you, man, Britt Baker, if you follow the promo early on, trust me, anybody that's a longtime listener knows, you know, I'm not high on Britt Baker's list yet. And I'm not comparing her to anybody else, but her early promo being nasty kind of reminded me a little Charlotte. Not talking about Charlotte 2020 Charlotte. I think, yeah, somebody said Reba, Reba. And yes, Carmella, I will talk about the Adam Cole rumors. I have that ready to go. But, uh, you know, she comes out with this fucking board and Tony Schiavone's there and blah, 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 blah. And she's talking about rules. And for some reason, we're at rule number three. Don't hurt the role model. Now, anybody out there, did I miss something with the speaking spell? I'll never forget you know, when AEW, not AEW, when TNA did, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. You remember that? They're coming. And then they were in the ring. It was Jeff Hardy and Abyss. I think Jeff Jarrett. And they pulled a fan sign. And the sign said, they're coming. And God bless whoever the fan was. But the fan spelled there, T-H-E-R-E instead of T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E. And yes, I know for some of you it may not be that big of a deal, but when a pay-per-view goes off the air and it's a major storyline and it closes out and, and the, fa- the wrestlers are in the ring and they're holding a sign and, and smiling and grinning and the sign is not even spelled correctly. 
I don't know who, I don't remember who in TNA that went around ringside to grab the sign. The minute I saw that sign, I, I, I really, you know, I really don't want to ruin this one, Jabroni. You know, I, I really want to keep it. So when we talk about Goose, we could just lift this up. But it, it, I, uh, all right, I'll use this instead. But if, if I was that TNA wrestler that walked around ringside and, you know, oh, there's a fan right there. Where they're coming. We'll put in a ring. And the minute you see it's misspelled, they'll be like, get that shit out of here. Fucking, they're coming. Learn how to spell and just throw that shit away. They're posing in the middle of the ring with a sign. Goops, goops. So Abyss is the one that grabbed the sign? Goof. So I don't know what, you know, maybe I'm just drawing a blank tonight. Maybe my brain is a little bit, you know, slow tonight. I didn't have my bulletproof coffee today. But, um, you know, Britt Baker's got the sign. You know, the rules of being a role model. Why am I doing this together? The rules of being a role model. Don't hurt the role model. And role is spelled R-O-L-E. That's how it should be spelled. And then Statlander, she disses Statlander. You being an alien is a crock of shit. Yes, she said the S word. She made fun of Kushida. You know, eh, you know, there's, there's a lot of males online right now. You know, a lot of, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to simulate masturbation, but, you know, AEW's taking notice. A lot of males online showing a big attraction to Penelope Ford. Rip Baker doesn't go there with Ford. And, uh, but she calls Kushida a fraudulent champion, talks about Nyla Rose. She's seen Nyla Rose jump off the top rope hundreds, if not thousands of times, and she should have went. And now it's supposed to be this big conspiracy. And the referee that's always there when Britt Baker gets hurt is Aubrey Edwards. Yeah, Jitjell Riggs. Jitjell Rag for goof. Jitjell Rag for goof. Jitjell Rag for goof. Get y'all rag for goof. Get y'all rag for goof. I got lots. And and for some big time goofs out there, big jit y'all rag. Oh, shit. Look, I found an EC3 shirt. I have the new one, by the way. But anyway. Um, so it's a, it's a conspiracy with Aubrey Edwards. I don't know if I want Aubrey Edwards in a storyline, even though I've warmed up to Aubrey. Um, you know, the promo was fine and kind of fell a little flat, to be honest with you. But when she wheeled away, it said role model, but it was spelled R-O-L-L. Now, I don't know if that was a play because she's in a wheelchair and she's rolling. But to me, I saw that and I immediately thought of TNA and they're coming, they're coming. But uh, she did announce that she will be returning at All Out. Um... All Out is Labor Day weekend, which I believe is around the first week in September. So if you do the math, she will be out of action between three and three and a half months. Now, obviously, if, if she returns it All Out, she'll be able to come back to the ring sooner than that. She'll work out some ring rust and, you know, get, so her recovery may only be about eight to ten weeks, then have you know, two to four weeks of preparation. So I tell you, good, you know, good. I don't want to see anybody injured, you know. Um, Darby Allen, you know, hey, you know, I, we don't know what the status of his after that moronic move on Saturday. Beautiful move. But anybody's a long-time listener. I'm not trying to put myself in the same boat as Darby Allen. I'm just using an example. 
Long-time friends and followers of my stuff already know this story. True story. No bullshit. I was in, I don't know, maybe second, third grade. And my favorite wrestler in the early 80s, 83, 80, yeah, 83, 82, 83 was Jimmy Snuka. And I must have been like third grade, something like that. And I was in Juniper Park. And at the time, they had these big, giant sliding ponds, big metal sliding ponds. If you dared, if you wanted to show ball, that you had balls in front of your fellow uh, third grade female out there and you want to show Amy, Amy, yeah, I'm a studly third grader, you know, let's go hang out and have, uh, you know, have some, uh, you know, fun dip or something like that. You would go on that sliding pond wearing just shorts because in 80, 90 degree weather and the sun is beating on top of that metal sliding pond, you went down there, especially if you got like a little bit stuck with your shorts and you're kind of like getting stuck as you slide down, you had burns all over your body. You could have walked in the next day in school and and your teachers would think you got beat up by your parents over, over the night before. So... One time I was in Juniper Park and it was, you know, spring, summer day. And I went on top of the sliding pond and my friend was on the bottom of the sliding pond and they had these rubber mats. That was one thing that kind of saved it. But they had these rubber mats in the playground so you wouldn't get scraped up with the the rocks and the dirt. And um, my friend pretended to lay on the mat And I climbed all the way to the top of the sliding pond. And the sliding pond, I'm not kidding, must have been about 15 feet high. And I did the I love you sign and I jumped off. And unfortunately, not like pro wrestling that you, you know, you jump off the top rope and the wrestler moves out of the way. And instead of doing a splash, you seem to like land feet first, like some wrestlers do on TV. It don't work that way. I dived off to do the superfly splash on top of my friend, and my friend moved out of the way, just splatted on the floor, and, you know, it broke my ankle. And, um, you know, it was just the stupidest move that I did. I came home. You know, my father took me to the hospital, and, um, you know, I'll never forget. They had to reset the bone, and I remember my father, like, right next to me, and I was really young at the time, and when they reset the bone, I was screaming. But I remember my father dripping sweat he looked like he was going to pass out but after everything was done and i was in his oldsmobile on the way home he's like uh, how do you feel i said i feel all right he's like um you're good you deserve it you know or I, I might have said i was in pain he was like you deserve it you deserve you know now you can't do nothing with your leg for like uh, whatever it was darby allen if he's okay right now they i hope they punished him i hope that's why i didn't have him do something today you know so we'll see I'm a big Darby Allen fan. Anybody who follows me week after week, even more of a reason why you don't climb to the top. I don't care who you're going out with. I don't care who you're trying to impress. You don't climb the fucking top of a rope and put a skateboard underneath you and then jump off. And the ladder has holes in it where your leg could just fucking get stuck. And my God, that that guy should he would have been like a wishbone. Can you imagine? You think you think the, the ladder would just been rubber and just bend? So he could just land and go along with it? No, he would have been like a wishbone for Thanksgiving Day. So, Jody Moncrief, I don't give a shit if it was, you want to call it fake, fake or not. 
You're putting yourself in a bad fucking situation that you fall the wrong way. You slip off the top rope, even with a little bit of sweat on the rope, and your leg goes into that fucking ladder from that high? Give me this. He be fake. He be fake. Red logo. No profile pic, Jody. And I, I'm a... I'm Jody's good people, but see, no, but seriously, don't give me, it was fake. That was such a stupid, risky move on his part. That was unnecessary. The guy is one of the top stars of tomorrow in AEW. He don't need to do that. He, you don't need to do that. He wants to be risky, take risks. There, there's impressive looking risks that doesn't jeopardize your fucking pelvis and your hip and this break going one way and something going the other way. Seriously, I don't want to see that guy get injured. I don't think anybody does either. So anyway, you know, fine, blah, blah, blah. Britt Baker wheeled off three months. She's going to be gone. You know, I, w I hope she gets a speedy recovery. And yes, everybody, I will talk about Deanna Perrazzo in a few minutes. So a match that, to me, went way too long. I know what some of you are going to say. Oh, it sounds like Kenny Omega fighting that guy from a month ago. Hikaru Shida just won the AEW Women's Championship. And she's got to last five and a half minutes with Christy Janes. I know they want to make Christy Janes look impressive, I would be fine with this match tonight as is if they build on Christy James. If Christy James, J-A-Y-N-E-S, not James as in Mickey, Christy James, if they build on her and they put her on dock and even if she gets a win here and there, then I'm fine with it. But if you're going to make her go five, six minutes with Karoshida and then you do nothing with her, to me, I don't know. I don't know. It might be a little nit nitpicking on my part. Um, Metallica is like Deanna who? Great, great wrestling fan out there. No, Deanna Perrazzo? Come on, NXT. Now Impact Wrestling. Oh, God bless her. You know, should we talk about her for a second? All right. Deanna Perrazzo, let go by NXT. <gasps> shocked. We were, we were all kind of shocked. Like, Deanna Prazo probably would have been, yes, everybody, if you're enjoying the show, please hit the like button. You know, it doesn't get me like extra like con contributions from that, but it will send recommendations to others out there like, hey, you know, maybe you want to see this clip, you know, and I just love, you know, just picturing it pop up on haters pages, you know, recommended viewing. It, again, it just, I keep saying it, I keep saying it. Because they're the ones that started it. So I'll just keep digging in. Just just think about that. Trying to be real, have fun, expand, grow, have more intimate connection, bigger challenge. Just succeed on, on YouTube. And there are people still to this day that are trying to guilt me out of doing this. Shaming me and talking shit behind my back and talking a lot of smack. These are the same people, oh, nobody should bully. I don't call, consider that bullying me. I consider him being an asshole, being a dick. You know, it, it's funny because there are a lot of legitimate bullying going on right now. But I also think like back when I was in school and we would throw rocks at each other or hit somebody in the head with a bottle cap. You do that now, that's considered like unbelievable bullying. No, to, back then it was just, you know, being a brat or being a jerk, you know, just whatever. But um, getting back to Deanna Perrazzo, she got... 
let go by NXT, everybody's shocked, surprised. That's probably not one of the people you would have expected gotten released. You go back to the episodes where she lost in NXT. I said on more than one occasion, I'm kind of surprised how WWE is using her right now. They didn't use her all that, you know, beneficial to her. And she has a crazy amount of talent. So she signs with Impact Wrestling. She's on Impact yesterday, cuts a promo, great. And I even made a little list over here. Um, Deanna Perrazzo now joins. And look, we always talk about WWE and AEW as far as women go. I think Impact Wrestling deserves a little bit of credit here with an asterisk, and I'll explain why. They got Deanna Perrazzo, Havoc, Jessica Havoc, Kira Hogan, Madison Rain, Kimberly, Rosemary, Tennille Dashwood, Sue Young, Jordan Grace, Kylie Ray, Taya Valkyrie, and Tessa Blanchard. On paper, I think some people out there may think that that's a more impressive lineup than even AEW. I'm not going to compare them, but that is fucking impressive. And I noticed a lot of people immediately going after AEW. How do you let that go? How do you let that person get away? Look at her talent. I mean, look at the AEW women's rise. So I know Johnny Z and a few uh, of my followers, friends, uh, you know, were complaining to Kenny Omega a little bit. Kenny Omega basically said, he's like, look, you know, not denying that she's uh, talented, but he's very satisfied with the AEW women's roster right now. And um, for some reason, that turned into news articles on sites. You know, it's, you know, when a wrestler defends, you know, their, their company, that's not news. That's called a response. But websites are craving because they got no sources whatsoever. They're just desperately looking for anything to cover. But my reaction to Impact Sign and Deanna Prazo, and that's why I say the asterisk, is anybody out there bother to research Deanna Prazo's contract with Impact Wrestling? Did anybody stop? I mean, I remember when um, uh, Tasha Steeles, you know, NWA, we thought, man, that's she's looks like she's got a big, nice career ahead of her. Tasha Steeles ended up signing with Impact Wrestling. Now, you know, people could have turned around and say, oh, whoa, NWA, how could you let her go in this, this, and that? But the thing is, is that people don't stop to look into what the contracts actually entail with Impact Wrestling. Deanna Perrazzo is part of the Impact roster right now. She may not be on that roster three months from now, six months from now. Right now, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right now... You want to try to build your home, you know, talent. You know, the people that you're trying to groom. You know, the, the AEW women's roster is not just Britt Baker and everybody else. She got injured. She's on the shelf. Someone else is going to have to stand in. But they're trying to build Penelope Ford. They're trying to build Nyla Rose. They're trying to build Statlander. They're trying to build quite a few women. Karashita doesn't need a build. She's probably the number one woman on the roster. You have other women wrestlers that they want to bring in. But they couldn't because of what's going on with the travel bans and some news regarding travel ban I'll get into a little bit. So Deanna Perrazzo right now is not actually that necessary for AEW. Right now you got Sheeter's the champion. You got Nyla Rhodes. You have enough women to try to build them up during this pandemic. Once your income goes back to normal, once you have live crowds again, once you're allowed to travel, once you're allowed to, you know, look, 
selling shirts is nice and everything, but for every 50 goofs online that says, oh, I'm buying a shirt, three buy the shirt. That's just the fact. You know, you see the Shad Gaspar, that, that, that shirt, the tribute shirt. They did one on pro wrestling tees and they did one on collar and elbow. I bought the one on collar and elbow. I thought it was much, much more beautiful. And I saw all of these goofs online. Oh, I'm buying a shirt. Why am I calling them goofs? Because I see the pattern for years and years and years. Oh, I'm buying this. I'm donating this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And they never do it. The only reason why they do it is so they could get 60 likes. Oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, you're so cool. This, this, and that. And they just play the game. So me, I try to take it one step further. I said last week, I said, hey, I got a great idea. All of us fellow podcasters and the wrestling websites, when we all get our Shad Gaspard shirts in the mail, let's all take a picture of ourselves and make a nice little collage in the podcast community showing our love and thank you and appreciation for Shad Gaspard. I had a few podcasters immediately step up. Yeah, man, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. About 80% of them just disappeared. Suddenly they got a job. The pandemic is over. Nowhere to be found for 36 hours. You know, they'll wait until the tweet gets buried and then they'll show back up online and goof around. They're just fake, phonies. So AEW, they could release 100 shirts. You might sell in a circle. You might sell a few people out there. You know how you could tell when people really just don't buy shirts, but they goof on it? When they make fun of people, you remember, no, no cyberbullying, but make fun of people who buy an Aubrey Edwards referee shirt. Yeah. You know, because women don't want to, like, maybe buy a referee Aubrey Edwards shirt. I, I would never buy one. But my God, you know, everybody has their own favorite out there. I, I like wrestlers over the years that some other people absolutely despise. Shane Douglas, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Absolutely loved that man's career. Thought he was one of the most important people in ECW, especially early on. I can't tell you how many people I have argued with over the years that said Shane Douglas sucked. He wasn't good. He was this. He was that. He was this. You know, so, you know, we, we, we agree to disagree, but you know, it just, it is what it is. But the problem is AEW really right now, you had the pay-per-view. Another one's not happening right at this moment. You have shirts. There are some people that will sell some pretty damn good shirts, but remember pro wrestling tees, you know, they get a big cut on this as well. You know, that's why it kind of angered me. People, you know, like you see goofs on websites that don't understand the difference between DWI and DUI. Big difference. Just like with t-shirts. Big difference when the proceeds or the profits go to whatever it's going to. You know, people just like, oh, the proceeds. No, the profits is a big difference. A $30 shirt, proceeds mean the whole $30 goes towards wherever fund it's going to. Profits mean... will go to it. So you got to be a little specific there. So Deanna Perrazzo is extremely talented. You also got to understand this too, and I don't know her personally, so I'm not trying to make any accusations. But you got to stop and you say to yourself, okay, AEW passed up on her, WWE released her, and, you know, Impact Wrestling, she's on you know, just on a either month-to-month deal or per-appearance deal or she's committed to a short period of time, you know, why is that? So there might be a little bit more, 
You know, just because someone's uber talented in the ring doesn't mean necessarily that they might, you know, look, when I went to school, you know, I used to get A in math, A in social studies, A in, well, B in science. I would get almost A's. Now, when it came to behavior, F, D plus, you know, does not get along with others, misbehaves. I never forget, I got to find it one day and show all of you. Anthony could be an honor student if he would just shut his mouth. That was like second or third grade. I got kicked out of grammar school because I broke the the heating system in the school. Me and my friend were, we had bottle caps because back then everybody that drank beer would drink the glass bottles, you know, with the caps. And I used to go to the school called PS128 Middle Village, Queens. Back in the day, they, they had a big basketball court in the schoolyard. And at night, especially on the weekends, you get all these people that would just hang out there and drink beers all week and all night. So when we would go to school that next day or that Monday, we'd go for recess during the day, like lunchtime. You go in the yard, we would just pick up all these bottle caps smell like beer and this, this, and that. Some of my friends actually licked the bottle cap because, hey, yeah, I I licked it. You know, that that, that kind of means I had a beer. It's like when Beavis and Butthead were in the clothing store and they picked up the woman's underwear and because the woman tried it on, you know, they felt like they actually touched her. So we grabbed all the bottle caps and it was winter time one time and we took pieces of crayons and we put them on top of each bottle cap and we sat it on the radiators. This way, by the end of the day, they would be all melted in the, the bottle caps. Then we would pull them off the radiators. And by the time class was over, the crayons would have solidified. It was nice little weapons to throw at people, hit people in the head boop, with a little uh, bottle cap. But unfortunately, a lot of the crayons, it would tip over and they all melted into the system, broke the whole radiator system. I got thrown out of the school. Thrown out. Jody, I don't give a fuck if you think it's BS or not. All right. I don't, don't even push me. Because I usually have proof for everything that I that I say. So, you know. Anyway, we'll leave uh, red logo aside for a minute. So, Diana Praza, there might be a little bit more of a behavioral issue than we know. So, extremely talented does not necessarily mean extremely gets along with everybody else. So, there could be a lot more to that. But the end result is this. Diana Prazo is not on a long-term basis with Impact Wrestling. So three months from now, who knows? You might see her in AEW. Maybe WWE wants to take her back. So right now, you know, it's not like, oh my God, we let, you know, the major star go and oh, this person's going to, you know, this is just temporary. Just temporary. By the way, speaking of Impact Wrestling. Congratulations to Kimberly and Zachary Wentz. They got married over the weekend. Um, I don't know what state they live in that they were able to have a marriage, but I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. Just uh, let's wrap up AEW tonight because we don't have too much left to get into. Um, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, SCU, took on Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. This was, again, not for the number one contendership for the tag titles. This was for a, a title shot next week on Dynamite. Not a bad match. Havoc and Sabian win. I think this was more to reward Havoc for, you know, being, you know, being involved in a lot of matches lately and doing some stuff behind the scenes. And Kip Sabian, you've heard me bring this up. 
as recent as last week, AEW is really high on the list of Kip Sabian. Maybe overvaluing his current value, because I know a lot of people out there, I think if you, you say to even a lot of men out there, and I'm not trying to be a jerk right now, I'm just saying as a fact, if I said to a lot of men out there, what's the first thing that comes to mind when I say Kip Sabian? You know what the answer would be? Penelope Ford. Like, I think some people dislike him more because he's engaged to Penelope Ford and they make out with each other on television. It, like, rubs some people the wrong way. But Kip Sabian is is extremely talented. I don't put him in the same category yet as Guevara or Kip Sabian, uh, excuse me, or um, Darby Allen, but Kip Sabian is on his way. So I think this is a little reward for them. Now, I'd be shocked to shit if they won the tag titles next week. I don't see that happening, but hey, who knows? But they get the shot next week. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny, Metallica. Kip Sabian has a 12-year-old face. No joke. And, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk right now, but I'm telling you, we got to do it one day. I got to go on like one of my other shows, and I got to just put up a picture on the screen of Kip Sabian without the glasses on, just dressed normally. And I just write, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? And I guarantee you 95% of people tuning in would have no idea who he is. So, but again, he's talented. No question. Uh, now we have the Battle Royal. And the winner of the Battle Royal gets a shot at Cody's TNT Championship. Uh, next week on Dynamite, the participants were MJF, Wardlow, Luther, Peter Avalon, Brandon Cutler, Christopher Daniels, Jurassic Express, Sonny Kiss, Cole Cabana, Billy Gunn, and Orange Cassidy. You know, not not a bad match. It actually went a lot quicker than Double or Nothing's ladder match, which to me, this was very manageable today. It was entertaining. It was a couple of spots that me, I'm a stickler to detail. And there was a couple of spots that I was like, ah, I, one that really just irked me. There was a spot where Marco Stunt was going to do something with Luther. And Luchasaurus is standing right next to Luther. So you have Marco Stunt on the left. You have Luther over here and Luchasaurus here. Go back and watch. You'll see what I'm talking about. And Marco Stunt, unsuccessful in whatever he's going to do, and Luther picks him up and tosses him across the ring. And again, timing is everything. And go back and watch it. Luchasaurus is just standing there watching Luther pick up Marco's stunt and toss him like a salad. Then after he tosses him, then he hits Luther. Careless. Little timing like that pisses me off. Another thing that pissed me off, and I really look... I thought about not even saying this because I am a huge fan of MJF, but something that kind of irked me the wrong way as well. He had two different moments with Colt Cabana where um, MJF went to punch Colt Cabana and Colt Cabana blocked it and hit MJF. It happened two different times within like a minute apart. And both times, Colt Cabana, um, AMJB, just PM me on Patreon. I'll take care of you. No questions. Actually, you know what? I'll, I'll throw this out there for everybody. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. This Saturday, Mish and I are doing an episode of Breakfast Soup. It's going to be two to three hours minimum. 
And uh, if anybody wants to sign up on a Patreon and check it out, if you've never signed up before, and there's hundreds and hundreds of Patreon-exclusive shows out there. If you want to sign up, I know June 1st, everybody gets charged again, and as little as $5 gets you everything. If you sign up between now and June 1st, every single one of you that sign up, I will refund your money for those five days so you don't get charged twice. So if you sign up today, the 27th, 28, 29, 30, 30 days of September, April, June, November. No, so we have 31. So 7, 8, 9, 30, 31. If you sign up for any of those five days on June 1st, when you charge the second time, I'll refund it. So you get that week for free. So yeah, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. You One thing about me, you know, you should know that by now. And this kind of gets me in trouble too. I don't lie, man. I'm not a good liar. You know, I don't like being caught in lies. I used to lie. I mean, I used to get caught in lies and I don't like telling something and then I have to always remember how I manipulated in this and that. I'm t I'm, I mean, I haven't really lied. I mean, I might exaggerate a little here and there, but for the most part, I mean, I haven't lied big lies in decades. I promise something. I always come through, you know, and that's why I value our relationship so much, seriously. You know, anybody could go on Twitter and tweet you know, whatever they want themselves to be portrayed as. They go on a podcast and be nice and laughing and sweet-talking you all or just shitting on everything about the world. And I'm not throwing darts at anybody. You know, I don't want anybody to say, oh, my God, he's talking about JD. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying, you know, anybody could say or write anything they want, and you really don't know if any of it is true. So I usually back up everything that I say. And that's good thing and sometimes a bad thing. But anyway, getting back to the Battle Royal, there were two times that MJF went to punch um, Cole Cabana. Cole Cabana blocked it. Again, it's me nitpicking. MJF's one of my favorites, but I got to be honest on these shows. And look, you know, I'm not a wrestler. Did some managing. That's the extent of it. I had three matches in my career. I'm kind of happy, 3-0. But... Um, Anyway, you go back and you watch it. MJF, like, like winded up and then tried to hit Cole Cabana, and Cabana blocked it twice. And it just looked really goofy. It just really goofy because instead of just MJF just trying to clock him, like he winded up, like, and I don't know. Uh, so I kind of fell flat with me. Um, early on, Orange Cassidy was laid out by Santana and Ortiz and how this was all set up was Alex Marvez um, was interviewing the inner circle and Jericho, you know, he loves insulting Alex Marvez. And as they're interviewing the inner circle, Orange Cassidy walks by and uh, Jericho basically says to the inner circle, you see that? You see that? So you know that Cassidy's going to get hit later on. So early on, he gets laid out by Santana and Ortiz. So everybody forgets about Orange Cassidy in the match. So towards the end of the match, we're down to MJF, Jungle Boy, Wardlow, Luchasaurus, and Billy Gunn. And MJF and Wardlow, they, they eliminate Billy Gunn and Luchasaurus. And even MJF with Billy Gunn going, suck it, which was pretty funny. But then we realize Orange Cassidy's still in the match, 
and Jungle Boy is still in the match, and it ends up coming down to Jungle Boy and Orange Cassidy, and Jungle Boy gets the win. So, hey, you know, it's 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 a nice match. Jungle Boy versus Cody, good reason, good way to put them up against each other. I guarantee you Cody will make Jungle Boy look really good next week. It's not going to be a squash. It's not going to be overly one-sided. Cody will retain his TNT championship. But this is will be a nice rub for Jungle Boy for the future. Look, I know a lot of you out there don't like Cody. And, you know, again, I my pick was Lance Archer all the way to the end. In hindsight... I should have realized a little bit better why that might have been not the greatest choice. But, you know, the guy works hard. Even when he cut his promo today. Yeah, it might feel a little bit John Cena-ish, but, you know, Cody is working his ass off to try to make this company well. And I'm not sticking up for him. I mean, people think that he doesn't fib at all either, which is a little bit hysterical. But I tell you, this might not be popular some of you out there. Um, but you know, I'm, you know, I've kind of turned the page with Cody a little bit. Like he's tolerable to me, and you know, at least the guy is working hard to try to make this work. You know, the Uber PC stuff at times. You know, I'm not gonna lie, being that kind of, but I could kind of see past it. But right now you pretty much know who the ones are going to get the spotlight. So, Jody, I don't know why you pitched us in the show. Well, I'm just fucking with you. He, Jody's a long-time listener, so I'm just fucking with him. If, if I really had a problem, I'd just, you know, block everybody. So, yeah, John with um, with uh, Jericho and Alex Marvez, shut your ass, makes fun of his look and all that. I, I kind of like the, the laughter, you know, the cracks at Alex Marvez. So Alex Marvez is not... I actually don't have any problem with Alex Marvez. Wait till Friday and I talk about Bruce Mitchell, though. Oh, that's going to be... Well, it's not going to be fun. But did you hear Bruce Mitchell throwing a race card around about the street profits? Accusing WWE that maybe they're being racist because they're making the street profits play basketball? And then he says, what are they going to do next? Eating watermelon? Did you hear it? Pretty interesting that that didn't like catch on to people yet. Just perfect example of just people are just, are just dumb. Just stupid. Just absolutely stupid. So, uh, no, 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 no. It has to do with the main roster, Raw SmackDown. We'll do it Friday. We need some stuff to talk about Friday. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Plus, I want to see if he actually apologizes between now and Friday. Um, how? Just think about that for a minute. But I will say this now. If you, as a person, whether you're white, Spanish, German, Polish, Chinese, whatever, if you look at two black people playing basketball, and you think that could be racist, or you think that the entertainment company that's portraying two black people blame playing basketball is racist, and you ain't black, uh, Bruce, I got to be honest with you, you're the one that may have the kind of little bit of racial overtones. Why would you think two black people playing basketball would be racist? What school did you go to? That's, that was floating around today. What school do you go to? I didn't hear it. I don't listen to Bruce Mitchells. Are you kidding me? 
That's like I say with dubstep, you know? I love these jackasses online that rip AEW, rip other stuff. Oh, why do you rip it? Well, because it sucks. Well, then don't watch it. Well, I have to cover it because I do a podcast. Wait, so if I do a podcast about music that I have to cover dubstep even though I can't stand it? No, I cover the music that I follow and like. Why would I talk about why would I talk about something that I don't like? I don't like country music. I'm not going to lie. I don't see nothing wrong with it. I can't stand country music. I don't like that. So I'm not if I did a music show, I'm not going to talk about country music. I'm talking about shit that I like. So anyway, let's finish this up. We had uh, the Inner Circle pep rally. Vicky Guerrero, nice to see her again. She was there Saturday. She was the MC bringing out the Inner Circle. They had cheerleaders. And um, I thought it was all right. You know, it was kind of goofy. I mean, you pretty much knew where this was going. That whole segment was designed for Mike Tyson to get into it with the Inner Circle. Basically, they lost Saturday, so it's like a pep rally to boost themselves up. They're giving each other participation trophies. Ortiz got a, a sandwich, as we call it, a sandwich. Chris Jericho gave, I think Ortiz also like headphones because he's got ringing in his ears because of the bell from Saturday. Guevara had some type of like scooter thing. I guess when he runs away, he could just hit the scooter and, you know. And again, man, seriously, I don't tweet fuck. I don't get acknowledged from anybody in AEW and I don't care. I give compliments because they're deserving. Ain't nobody going to tell me that I can't be a fan of Sammy Guevara because of his age and because girls are attracted to him or because he attracts the homosexual community out there. You go back, and that's why it's the synopsis picture for today's show. Sure, I already did a double or nothing pay-per-view recap, but when you look at the synopsis picture, what I love about Sammy Guevara too is the guy gets it when it comes to facial expressions. The guy gets it with suspension of disbelief, selling concern, pain, agony. I talked about it Monday. I'm a fan of Humberto Carrillo, but Monday, go back and watch it. When you had um, Murphy and uh, Austin Theory threatening to shove his eye into the to the guardrail and Seth Rollins is telling, you know, how's the black, stay back, stay back, you know, you would think, you know, especially when an empty arena, Guevara would be like, no, please, no, no, please, no, no. He's there like a fucking mute. And he's just, he's facial reaction, but no voice. He's, that's what he's doing. Guevara sells every aspect of it. You see his facial reactions. You see the way he reacts when he's uh, running away. It's the same reaction that probably any of us would have. I get chased down the street by a whole bunch of people with baseball bats. That same look that he had on his face running away from the scooter is probably the same face that I would have. So there's little things that stand out to me that I like. The segment tonight was funny. Jake Hager's poem, Happiness, was hilarious. Um, Sammy Guevara goes to give Jericho a plate of cheese and a couple of bottles of the bubbly. And the bubbly is empty, 
and the cheese plate is almost eaten. And it was fucking funny because you knew. Tyson ate the cheese. Tyson ate the cheese. And sure enough, Tyson comes out with his posse. Who was that that uh that fighter that was in Tyson's corner? Um, I can't remember his name right now. I don't follow, you know, ultimate fighting and stuff like that. Vlad something, Vidal something. But um I liked it, man. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, Mike Tyson, you know, Tyson and Jericho, Tyson and Jericho. I don't think it's leading to anything. It got a little publicity. I think Mike Tyson was having a hell of a lot of fun out there. Um, and that's how they went off the air. You know, big pull apart. Roster comes out. Uh, Henry Cejudo? I don't think that was his name. Wasn't it like Vlad something? Cejudo? Feta Belfort. Yes, Feta Belfort. You know what? The other names you guys have mentioned and probably were there too. I was just focused on Tyson and Jericho. I was wondering if we were going to get Jim Ross go, Tyson and Jericho, Tyson and Jericho. The only thing that would have been perfect, though, seriously, you know I have to do the impersonation because I've done it before. I even think I should take a slug for this. All that was missing tonight was Tony Khan at the end looking at the, the inner circle and going, you ruined it! You ruined it, damn it! You ruined it! When Vince, with, you know, in Austin, it's not ruined. Remember, there's H before it. Vince didn't say you ruined it. It's you ru ruined it. You know, you ruined it, damn it! Ruined it! That's what we needed from... That's what we needed tonight. Con, Where were you? We should have had him out there. You ruined it, damn it! So... That's how they went off the air. A fun show. If you actually dissect the matches, I don't know how much is really there. The Battle Royal was fun, but, you know, it was what it was. You know, Sonny Kiss. I don't think I mentioned Sonny Kiss's name also. I might have mentioned it before. Did Jim Ross call Sonny Kiss a she? One, I think at least once or twice. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I noticed. Oh. Yeah, this is uh, AEW written in Japan. So, yeah, I was watching AEW Dark earlier, and uh, the the matches actually, as far as guessing the, you know, we did guess the results, guess the winners two weeks in a row. This week was a little bit better. I watched tonight AEW Dynamite, and I also watched uh, AEW Dark at the same time, and um, the matches this week a little bit better, to be honest with you. Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall over the Dark Order. You have Michael Nakazawa over Brandon Cutler. By Cannon, I believe, if I remember correctly. Jungle Boy uh, over Peter Avalon. Christopher Daniels over Serpentico. Sonny Kiss and Joey Janelle over John uh, Schuyler and Bradley Pierce. Uh, you ruined it, damn it! Uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc over Tony Donati and Fabu, Fa Fabu Andre, I believe. Wardlow over Mr. Grimm, Cole Cabana over Lee Johnson, Penelope Ford over Killeen King, and Best Friends over Alan Angels and Sean Dean. A little better. A little better. You know, you know, it's, it's not as predictable. By the way, you know, a little uh, funny uh, controversy. And this is what I don't get, man. This is what I don't get. If you know people are reporting bad news, why are you commenting it seriously? If you're just going to call people out for the garbage news, then do that. But Adam Cole 
shows up at the barbecue that Tony Khan held Memorial Day weekend for the roster. Tyson was there and a few others. And Adam Cole shows up. He's with Britt Baker. She just got injured pretty severely Saturday. He's not working. People do show up at events once in a while. It's not a televised event. He wasn't on camera with anyone as far as I know. And because of that, you got the dumb reports over the weekend that Adam Cole may be AEW bound, that his contract is ending soon and this and that. There is no truth to that story other than wishful thinking. And what makes me laugh is I see people out there who claim they have sources and they have none. And they realize now that the sources that they do have are the same sources that are saying Adam Cole is rumored to be leaving WWE for AEW. Those are the same people who are going around saying that WWE may never have house shows again. And it's funny because you know it's clickbait, you know it's garbage, and yet people are responding to it as if it's a credible news story. And it's just, I read that stuff, and I know a lot of you wanted me to talk about that rumor today, but it's garbage. It's There's no truth to it at all. Now, look, when his contract is up, if AEW offers him a crazy a bunch of money, um, you know, that then, hey, he may not want to pass up the offer to go to AEW. Maybe lighter schedule. He's with, you know, his significant other. So there, of course, are factors that that could lead to that. But right now, there is no truth to any of that. And that's just people wishing, guessing, and hunching. And the funny thing is, if, if Adam Cole does end up going to AEW, these same losers will then go online. See, hey, we told you. We told you. We broke the news. We told you. There's no truth to that story right now. He went to the barbecue. I'm surprised you didn't see stupid rumors like that when Jericho went to uh, the funeral for, what was it, Mean Gene Oakland? Didn't Jericho go to a funeral last year that had all WWE in attendance? I don't remember if it was for Mean Gene Oakland. Did anybody remember last year what funeral that was for? It was a pretty big funeral. Oh, oh no, I know what it was. I know what it was. Ric Flair when he got married. I think when Ric Flair got married, you know, Jericho was at the wedding. He was with all the WWE people. He was already with AEW. You know, it he it was nothing, nothing to that at all. Oh, you know what? Okay, Alberts, another one. Rocky Johnson's funeral. Rocky Johnson's funeral. You know, of course, it's a sad occasion. Um, now Matthew is saying Ric Flair's birthday. You know what? No, I think it was the wedding too. Because didn't they have it like in, in the yard? And I remember like the, the French kiss and all that. I think it might, you know what, he, the bottom line is Jericho, who was already AEW, was at a Ric Flair event with a whole bunch of WCW people, uh, WWE people. Um, there's no truth to these Adam Cole. When people make that much attention to that Adam Cole nonsense story, you're just giving credence to these jerk-offs out there writing moronic dumb shit, you know? And, you know, it's, it's like... Uh, what um what was posted earlier uh to to catch a goof yeah here you go to catch a goof yeah what school do you go to you you guys the super chat do you like that better 
I'm curious. Do you, do you like that better than, let's see, do you like this or do you like this? I'm a little curious because I was messing around with some things earlier. and uh, But, yeah, no, that's to catch a goof. You know, Rhea Ripley with the visa issues. You know, it wasn't true. The Velveteen Dream stuff, though, you know, again, some people just didn't take the time to really look at it closely. Um, but, yeah, it's just a lot of people out there just guess and they hunch and they hope. And unfortunately, though, you know, it's it's usually bullshit. So, um, also, you know what, since let's talk a little bit about WWE NXT. Uh, Chad Kerwin, is there a chance Drake, Drake Maverick will stay in WWE? Well, you know, earlier today we had, um, and I was a little surprised that it was the opener. You know, Jake Atlas, Kushida, and Drake Maverick having the three-way. I think that in the main event really were the two big stories coming out of NXT tonight. You know, we really didn't have many memorable segments, if you want to call, you know, Mia Yim and, uh, you know, Keith Lee with the flashlight trying to mock like Gargano and, uh, and his wife. I just, I don't know. I just thought that was a little cheesy. But um, look, I have been talking for a few weeks about the idea of Jake Atlas turning on Drake Maverick. There is still a chance that that could happen. Never say never. Um, Jake Atlas could screw Drake Maverick next week in the final. Now, something I wanted to clarify, because I actually wasn't sure last week either. And some people out there uh, were able to figure it out. And obviously, I didn't do a show since then to talk about this. But, you know, we were a little confused last week because Tazawa and El Hijo del Fantasma, King Cuerto, uh, were both two and one. But they said Fantasma was going to advance to the finals. And I'm like, well, wait, you know, Tozawa's record was also the same. Well, it ends up because Fantasma beat Tozawa within the same division, that goes to Fantasma. And that does make sense in real sports that, you know, if there's a tie, if you have a better record in your division, you advance usually. So that is why he advances. So now Drake Maverick advances to the final next week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I, I, I wish that he stays. Uh, I think the outrage, like, oh my God, people were crying and this is an ad and they turned into a storyline. So what? So what? Isn't that a great story that someone who was originally released and there was such an outpouring of love and appreciation for the guy that WWE had seller's remorse. Maybe we shouldn't let this guy go. And we took, they turned into a storyline, and we enjoyed the tournament. Some people out there don't like the tournament. I like the tournament. You know, it's it's get your mind off of the fact that there's so many limitations right now. Um, and even at the end, look, I tell you, I I'll think about it on during the weekend. But right now, my gut tells me that Fantasma wins it. And remember, with all these kidnapping things and everything like that, I think Fantasma might be the leader of all of that. So that may all come into play with this too. But I would love for Jake Atlas to to turn and cost Maverick the match. And then Regal comes out and says that Drake Maverick will face Atlas maybe down the line. And, and maybe Regal on storyline makes the decision that Maverick could stay. Maybe Jake Atlas screws him thinks that he finally got rid of Drake Maverick 
And then Regal comes out and says that, no, not only could he stay, but he's going to face you, you know, in the future. So let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. Um, I like the end where Kushida had the submission move on Atlas. And at the same time, Maverick goes over and pins him. And right before the three count, uh, you see Jake Atlas tapping, but the referee didn't see it and counted the three instead. And Drake Maverick advances. What I also enjoyed about it was, you know, like my original thought was, oh, shit, they're going to extend this another week. Maybe next week it's, you know, Kushida and, you know, Maverick to decide all. And um, Kushida goes up to Maverick and just said, just, you know, just win. Just win. And he said, Gamate. For anybody out there, it means in Japanese you could do this. Gamate. And Drake Maverick said, you know, if I win this title or when I win this title, I'm giving you the first shot. And uh, it was a nice way to go because Kushida does not lose any stock by losing this way because technically Maverick pinned Atlas. Atlas was also submitting. So I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, we had Johnny Gargano beat Adrian Alanis in 45 seconds. Again, you actually start dissecting this. NXT on paper was not as strong. It was the first and last match, in my opinion. Even the women's match was fun, um, but I think it really, I don't know what that actually was intended to do. I don't know if it was intended to build Chelsea Green a little bit or just to give her a little bit of a rub, which I don't even know if that succeeded. But um, Mia Yim and Keith Lee doing the mock segment of Candice LeRae and Jardy Gargano with the segments. You know, it was all right. I mean, Keith Lee was kind of funny. Like, I don't want to use the, the flashlight. And he puts it on his face. So it was pretty funny. But um, Darren's like, what the fuck is this on paper? Uh, I'll, t I'll tell you what. What that means is when you see matches on paper, on your computer screen, when you just see the lineup, Without any storyline or, or whatever it is, you, you say, okay, you know what? On paper, looking at the list, it doesn't look all that bad. Once it happens, you may feel otherwise. Just like, example, they did double or nothing pay-per-view. You know, a lot of people, when you look at Wiki and you see the match listing, you see those nine matches and you say to yourself, hey, you know, it doesn't look like a bad lineup. Another way of saying it is, you know, on paper, you know, reading it on paper, you know, it doesn't look all that bad. But I have to see, when you see it on paper, you can't see the matches. When I give you the match results tonight, if I just read you match results, you would use that phrase saying, you know what, on paper, you know, the match results don't sound too bad. Or the opposite, you know, reading this on paper, it doesn't sound all that good. Once you watch the matches, you might have a difference in opinion. So I don't mind answering, man. I don't mind. You know, I, 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 I get why some people would say that because, hell, I don't even write shit for the most part anymore. For, but it's just a figure of speech. So we had that segment with Yim and Keith Lee. You know, that's obviously going to set up, I think, the mixed tag match down the line. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez beating Shotzi Blackheart. I don't get it, man. I mean, I get, you know, rep distraction at the end, Dakota Kai, you know, crotches Blackheart, you know, Gonzalez gets the win. 
what I don't understand, I know you got NXT stars playing fans right now, but this is pre-recorded. Did you see Shotzi Blackheart do, I guess, her version of the coffin drop or whatever, whatever it is, you know, the trust dive fall, I think it's called, you know, when you dive backwards and, you, you know, the trust dive means when you dive backwards, somebody's going to catch you. She did like, almost like the coffin drop, but she totally missed everybody. And she like, looked like she almost like landed across her head. Why would you just not do that over? I mean, I, that's the one thing that, kind of pisses me off a little bit about WWE right now with this pre-recorded stuff. I can't tell you how many times in front of a live crowd over the years that a finish gets botched or a match is not that good at all and they restart the match. Like the wrestler will say, I challenge you again, or the or the, the winner goes to the back and the wrestler's in the ring and he's like, I challenge you again. And the wrestler comes back out and beats the person again. And then you realize the only reason why they did the redo is because the first one was botched. Now you don't have any fucking fans there. So you don't even have to worry about fans writing online. Oh, the, 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 it was so, the botch was so bad that they redid the match. Just fucking redo the move. Why not? St I don't understand why they leave stuff like in there. I could see... Maybe one part, hey, you know, you got to show somebody someone's inabilities. That's how they learn. Embarrass them a little bit. I don't know. I just think something that sloppy, I don't know why they just couldn't try to, you know, even if you try to do a redo, and then maybe you try to edit or splice it together, and if it doesn't look good, you're like, all right, fuck it, we'll just leave it the way it is. I don't know why they don't do that, but um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest is official for TakeOver, and believe it or not, it's already a week, it's next weekend. So, you know, looks like I will be doing a pay-per-view recap for that as well. So uh, I'll definitely make it official next week. Yeah, I could pretty much guarantee that happening. So um, now we have uh, Io Shirai. Um, and it was really cool that while Io Shirai was coming out to the ring, that's when Mara Ranallo paid a little respects to Hana Kimura. Io Shirai obviously was close with Hana Kimura. Um you know, there's a lot more online than I haven't brought up because you know, it's just it's just a real sad. It's real sad. But yeah, Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai taking on Charlotte and a partner of her choice. My original thinking is Charlotte, because she's hated by everybody, she wasn't going to find one. She brings Chelsea Green out there. And, you know, it was a fun match. Kind of went a little bit shorter than I expected it to. But in the end, you know, it was kind of a, you know, a little cheap win. You know, Io Shirai got knocked off the, the apron. Rick Flair, uh, Rick Flair, Charlotte Flair basically gets the pin. She puts her feet on the ropes to cheat. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is to maybe give a little rub to Chelsea Green. I don't know. But, um... It was not a bad match. It just to me, it felt like it went a little bit too too short. But on the opposite side, though, they gave a little bit extra time for uh, Timothy Thatcher versus Matt Riddle in the cage, Kurt Angle special guest referee. Match was phenomenal. Uh, Thatcher gets his teeth knocked out. Um, look, if anybody in the chat, you know, is being a little bit nasty to you i mean i can't boot everybody just for being a dick you know but you could you could put them on ignore or on mute 
You know, when people just are here to troll or really just go over the top, of course I'll mute them or block them. But I'm not, and I'm not trying to defend them. I'm just saying, you know, we just just pay no mind, seriously. Um, but uh, you know, the main event tonight, Thatcher gets his teeth knocked out, and you know, I saw some people immediately like, oh, that's not that's not real. It's not it's not real blood. You, know, you see Kurt Angle with the teeth in his hand, and the, the medics are checking him. It um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I loved the setup with the cage shit. I don't have... I took a screenshot of the cage earlier. I don't have it in this computer, but they put some screenshots of the cage setup, the fight pit, and it was wonderful, man. I loved the visuals. It was very well done. Um, once we heard that Matt Riddle was SmackDown bound, if you even saw my preview online earlier it's all po directions pointed to Tim timothy thatcher winning this one you could only win by pin submission or you couldn't answer i believe the 10 count and it was very fucking physical um little little shades of a little bit of maybe an mma feel to it whatsoever because obviously you know uh matt riddle's background but it was a lot of fun and you got to give nothing but props to Tim Timothy Thatcher. And by the way, before anybody, because nobody's written it yet, but before anybody rips and complains, I haven't forgot about Champa and Cross. We'll get to that in a minute. But um, I want to talk about the main event first. Uh, you know, Thatcher, again, not a household name. And I brought this up before. And it is kind of disappointing. Go on my YouTube page and you'll see it. I used to put individual clips up. Don't really do them anymore because everybody tunes in for the main shows. The individual clips really don't do much. Um, I do one once in a while. The last one I did was talking about Gulak. But if you go look at my individual clips, because I have a whole category just for that, and you look at the number of views, this is going to surprise people. The least viewed clip that I have on YouTube so far to this day is the clip where I announced that WWE had signed... Killer Cross and Timothy Thatcher to developmental deals or, or to the performance center. And I got into Timothy Thatcher's bio. I got into Killer Cross's bio a little bit. And it was the least watched clip on my page. And I brought that up once before. And it pissed me off because I said, wow, these are two of the bigger future talents in NXT. And almost nobody paid any mind to it. Um... Karrion Cross now uh, is getting, it feels like, you know, the, like the, the the nitrous shot, you know, to the, to, the, to the higher level. I mean, what they're planning on doing with him and Ciampa is going to be phenomenal. Ciampa tonight, you know, he comes out for his match. And again, if you look at the matches, sorry, sorry for the pun, but if you look at the matches on paper, you know, this match is a minute, this match is... 50 seconds, 45 seconds. Leon Ruff is a minute. This one's 45 seconds. There were a lot of matches like that tonight filled with a lot of... You add up the total wrestling tonight, you know, wasn't as much as you think it was. But, um, but what I... But this, and this is why I'm putting the main event and Cross together. You know, so Thatcher and Cross came in at the same time. The same time. And nobody really paid much mind to it. And now you see Cross and Ciampa are about to tear it up. And you see 
Thatcher just killing it tonight in his match with Matt Riddle, you kind of say to yourself, wow, this kind of sucks that it had to end tonight. You wish that it would lead to maybe takeover, but obviously they need a jolt on SmackDown. You know, we've talked about that to death on the other shows, but um, Thatcher tonight really tore it up. And even though Cross didn't have a match tonight, you know, you had Scarlett come out and she watched Champa's match, which again only went about a minute. And then the screen comes up with Cross. And, uh, you know, Cross is basically telling him that at NXT TakeOver, you're going to feel something in your life you've never felt before. And people are really pumped to see that match. So, you know, to me, the, the bigger points tonight, besides Drake Maverick advancing, was the hype to Cross versus Ciampa, which is really going to be insane what they're planning. And Thatcher and Riddle tore the, tore the house down. Now, Tyson and Jericho, obviously, because it's such a, a mess, and I don't say that in a bad way, because it's so you know, disoriented, the whole roster coming out and the pull-aparts and the fights and this and that. It's it's like a car accident you don't want to turn your eyes away from. And I, that's why it kind of, like, kind of annoys me if the NXT rating is as low as, you know, some people think it'll be. I thought tonight, overall, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought I enjoyed NXT tonight more than I enjoyed AEW. You actually put the matches side by side. AEW's opening was great. Drake Maverick winning and advancing was great as well. But then when you look in the middle, to me, it fell flat in a lot of ways. You know, the the revolt was right at the beginning of the show. So, you know, that that hour, hour and 20 minutes within, I, I, I wasn't enjoying it as much as I should. Now, another big thing coming out of NXT tonight is Adam Cole at TakeOver. What school do you go to? Um, He wants the Undisputed Era to get a fair shot at getting the NXT Tag Championships back. So you have uh, a Zoom call with Regal on one side, Cole on the other, and they're trying to negotiate. They're taking little shots at each other. Um, William Regal tells Cole to stop acting like a baby. Get it? And then um, you had Adam Cole say that, oh, that was the best joke, Regal, that you've, you've done since being a man's man. So, you know, trying to be a little bit, you know, taking little shoot shots, you know, it's all scripted. But the point is, is that William Regal's talking about the art of negotiation. So they negotiated, and at NXT TakeOver, it's going to be Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole. And the stipulation is is that if Velveteen Dream loses, he can never fight for the NXT Championship again as long as Adam Cole is champion. So that kind of maybe gives it away that Dream will, will maybe lose this one and will not be able to fight for the title as long as Adam Cole. You see, you think of that stipulation like, you know, There should be more... I know when some people, like, look, okay, if Adam Cole loses, he loses the belt. That's a big deal. But Velveteen Dream loses more if he loses. Not only does he lose a shot to win it, but he can't go for it again. And it kind of fell a little flat for me that 
why Velveteen Dream wasn't seen on camera during the, the negotiations as well. But, um, you know, overall, I actually, I thought NXT was a, a much better show than last week, even though, again, the matches on paper, you know, some of them were a little bit hard to, to deal with. So, now, the ratings last week, let's see, AEW had 701, NXT had 592. Um, I know some of you out there, you know, you whatever your reasons, you blamed it on next week, I mean last week, I think NXT has to rebound a little bit this week. Um, I'm a little concerned, again, because of the commercial value of the Tyson-Jericho, you know, pull apart and this, this, and that. And um, I don't know. I see NXT did 701 next week. I mean, last week. I keep saying next week. They they did 701 last week. And I actually thought it was going to be lower. I think I might have said 673 last week. I don't know if it was a step down because double and nothing was solid. I mean, there was a couple of matches I didn't like, but it was solid. You're coming off of double or nothing. Um, so... You know, I, I think there would be a little bit of a bounce, you know, from that, a little bit, bit of a jolt. So I'm going to say that AEW actually goes up a little bit this week. I'm going to say AEW goes up to 717. NXT's got to go up this week. NXT was better than last week, and I think it had enough to keep fans interested. Kurt Angle as a special guest referee was nice to see, but people know that that seems like a one-shot deal right now. So I am going to say that NXT for the 27th, they score 6, 634. So I say 717 to 634. I think wrestling tonight goes up from last week a nice amount. You know, hey, 80,000 fans, 100,000 fans is, you know, a pretty big deal. So, anyway, I know we went over two hours. I'm going to wrap this up momentarily because we covered almost everything. Very, very important. Some travel ban updates because some of it does affect wrestlers you see here in the States. Some of you live overseas. First off, Mexico. Mexico has extended their travel ban to June 18th. So some wrestlers who are in Mexico right now that cannot come to the States, they will have to remain for a minimum at least three more weeks. And that also is provided that the United States lets them into the country. So you got about three more weeks minimum for Mex talent from Mexico to coming into the country. Now, as far as Japan, this is a pretty big deal. That I'm shocked very little people are talking about it. They have lifted their state of emergency. And what they're going to start allowing, this is apparently the format. They're going to start allowing empty arena wrestling as of June 19th, the day after the Mexico travel ban. is. In, and look, the Mexico could be extended again. You know, there's always a chance it could be, you know, pulled back sooner. But as of right now, Japanese wrestling can return to empty arenas on June 19th. On July 10th, big deal. On July 10th, Japanese wrestling, their arenas can be filled to 50% capacity up to 5,000 people. 
So if you have a 10,000-seat building, you could fill it to 5,000. If you have a 20,000-seat building, you could fill it to 5,000. If you have a 2,000-seat building, you can't say, oh, I'm allowed up to 5,000, I can fill it up. No, if you have a 2,000-seat building, you could only fill it to 1,000. So up to 50% or 5,000, whichever one comes first. That's the deal. August 1st, arenas can have 50% of maximum capacity. Now, for some out there, they're going to say, wait a minute, isn't that the same thing? That's for buildings higher than 10,000 seats. So if you have a 20,000-seat arena, as of July 10th, if you have a 20,000-seat arena, as of from July 10th to August 1st, that 20,000-seat arena can only have 5,000 in it. But as of August 1st, that 20,000-seat arena can have 10,000. So that is until August. So they're going to wait to see if there's any major flare-ups. They're going to wait to see if there's any problems coming out of this. You know, it's not just how many people in attendance. It's how people respect social distancing and everything else. So... This is a pretty big deal. Ah, you know, what school do you go to? I got to give you credit for that one, man. That's the August 1st warning. Oh, oh man, that's... What a what a letdown in TNA that time. Warning, warning. August 1st warning, warning. That was That's one, That's the time when I was feuding with Bully Ray. And then he came out, Ortiz. No reaction whatsoever. That was, that was not good. That was not good. Ah, so... Um, if you want to check out a really cool interview, Chris Jericho did an interview that was posted today with Comic Book. And they were talking a, a lot about the stadium stampede. And Jericho was revealing that it took about 12 hours to film. They filmed it the day before. He talked about, you know, how everybody was allowed to come up with their own ideas. Even Tony Khan submitted some ideas himself. Tony Khan's the one that came up with the challenge flag. Jericho is the one that came up with the idea of Hangman Page going by with the chalk cart and running it over Jericho. And Jericho was even talking about how he went back to the hotel. This I kind of find funny because you would think he would have washed up in the building before going home to the hotel. But he, he said that he went back, I think, to the hotel and he had the chalk on him still. But it's a great interview. It's a great interview. Again, he did it with Comic Book. It is online. And uh, it's a fun piece to read. It really is. Um, the Jericho Cruise, as I mentioned earlier, they announced the next sailing. It is going to be taking place. Uh, it's going to leave Miami, uh, sailing to Grand Bahama Island, February 1st. To February 5th. Uh, there's going to be lots of wrestling personalities there. Fozzie will be performing. They already announced, all right, it's not a strong lineup, but they already announced Ted DiBiase, Candice Michelle, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Bully Ray. They're going to be on the cruise as well. They're going to be many other names announced between now and then, but um, a, a lot of my viewers, friends, went on the last Jericho cruise. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned last week, you know, Andrea, one of my, uh, you know, friends on the show. I don't know personally, but she's a cool chick. And she went on the cruise. 
She wasn't disturbed by the sausage fest as other people coined it. She got me that cool Jericho phone thing. It says second wave. That's from the Jericho cruise. That was very nice of her. But um, Jason Solomon still went on the last cruise. A lot, a lot of people tune in, check, went on that cruise. So February 1st to February 5th. Uh, if you are interested in going, you go to chrisjerichocruise.com. If you are excited about it and unsure about going, my message to you, anybody online that starts talking about the cruise in a negative way, just mute them. Because you're going to have people, they're going to act like your parents. Oh, how could you think of a cruise when we're in the middle of a pandemic still? These are the people, remember last time with Team Sausage Fest. These are the people that because you want to have fun and you want to do something good that they're not doing, it's jealousy. All that criticism, making fun of people, like everybody has to go on a cruise to try to get laid. If you want to go, just tone all those people out get your tickets, have a great time, enjoy yourself, and stay out of trouble. That's how I look at it. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Oh, you know, let, well, it's, since I want, I talked about Deanna Perrazzo to Impact. They had Impact yesterday. Semi-final match for the number one contenders tournament. You have Ace Austin going to the finals. He beat Hernandez. And we also had um, oh, uh, Michael Elgin. Uh, losing to Trey Miguel, which kind of surprised me. So Trey goes to the finals as well. There was a wild match that went down between Wheels and Cody Dina versus the North, brawling on a barn, brawling with weapons. It, it was really, really whacked out. It, it was a pretty wild brawl. You know, look, I saw the the shots online playing little tongue-in-cheek humor to The Undertaker about Cody Dina. And Amer he's American. He's not a badass. It is and that. You know, it is what it is. You know, like I said, everybody likes to have fun. Everybody likes to take a little from, from each other. If it's entertaining, what do you care? You know, Chris Bay uh, over Jake Diener. A couple of too many Diener's on the show, in my opinion. Uh, Kimberly and Havoc, I think the match got thrown out. I don't know why it wasn't a DQ finish, you know, because of the interference from uh, Navia. <laughs> Yeah, I'll throw, throw it up for you, my friend. Uh, yeah, do, do you like the new, I'm serious, do you like the new Super Chat design? Do you like that instead of this? Because I'm really curious. I mean, you don't have to contribute to the um, Super Chat to, to pick it, but I was kind of like playing around with designs earlier because I'm always just trying to find ways to make things a little tighter, nicer, neater. But uh, yeah, just put that little thing on the side, so... You know, I'm curious if you like that or not. But what else happened with Impact yesterday? Um, I think that was pretty... Oh, yeah, I said Chris Bay. You know, Chris Bay, keep that man on your radar because that guy is going to uh, be, I think, a big player in 2021. So, yeah, okay, Metallica, a few others like that better. Okay, so, you know, I'll probably just go back and forth a little bit. Maybe I'll change the color so it blends in with the page a little bit more. But... Um, uh, we'll return on August 1st. Oh, yeah, August 1st warning. Yeah, yeah. You want to hear something funny? I've talked about this before. You know, you know Jeff Jarrett and Global Force are uh, suing Impact Wrestling and Anthem because of uh, what happened with the Global Force wrestling footage. You know, look, I have turned it around about Jeff Jarrett. God bless him that he was able to beat his addiction to alcoholism. 
it's going to be a fight for the rest of his life, no question. But, you know, you, you root for people. I mean, I know some people out there that they're too cool for school to just be a good person without, you know, insults and nasty humor that's masqueraded as jokes. Um, but, you know, you have to admit, though, even though I don't like Anthem too much and what they did to Karrion Cross last year is a joke, you got to admit, man, when Jeff Jarrett you know, sued Anthem because Anthem used his Global Force tapes without his permission. And when Jarrett insisted for the tapes back, Anthem said they accidentally deleted them. I sw- I said it before, I'll say it again. Anthem, you are fucking gangster for doing that. Because for a major production company like Anthem to have the masters, I've talked about it before, and this is VHS tape for me. I have the VHS masters of the first season of XPW on television when they were still in California. Big Dick Dudley, God rest his soul. You know, I don't know if you guys all know that story. It's a pretty funny story. I mean, it's not funny that Big Dick Dudley died, but Big Dick Dudley used to be very close friends with the mass maniac when he was alive. Big Dick Dudley died. Um, What happened was the mass maniac was in possession of some of the videos that Big Dick Dudley owned and a few other things. And Big Dick Dudley was involved with XPW. So Big Dick Dudley had the first season, the masters, the not, not the copies from TV, the master copies of XPW. So I was doing a lot of business with Frank Goodman at the time, Mass Maniac. And he said to me, he goes, you know, you work for XPW. He says, you, I have some tapes, you know, if you want them. And I'm like, how much you want for them? He's like, ah, oh, just give them to you. Now, anybody knows Frank Goodman, I think he'll even joke about it themselves. Giving something away is very, it's a holiday. You know, it's very weird. He's like, no, I'll give them to you. I was like, oh, that's cool. So he gave me the master tapes that Big Dick Dudley owns. I still have them. So I say probably about a year or two later, you know, like somebody was talking about XPW footage or whatever and realized Frank Goodman realized that the master copies, the master tapes of the XPW are pretty expensive to have master copies. And I remember about two years later, I get a random email from Frank out of nowhere. And he's like, "Um, you still have those XPW tapes? I said, yeah, why? He's like, "Um, you know, uh, do you sell them back to me? (laughs) I told him I don't know where it is. I still got them. But um, no, Anthony, I don't think, Maniac hates me, and we just don't talk to each other anymore. We had a falling out and involved uh, Mish Wrestling Soup, and um, unfortunately, I had to choose sides, and I chose Mish, to be honest with you. It was just a messed up situation. I mean, I wish him well. He's very good people, you know, good family man as well, great promoter, always respected wrestling business, you know. He always, you know, tried to make money every way he can, the legal way, uh, some may, some may even call him a hustler, but, uh, I learned a lot from that guy. I learned thick skin more than anything else. That guy, you know, helped me big time more than he knows. But, you know, when you have master tapes, just the, and the reason why I brought up that story is just think about this for a minute. You got Anthem, Global Force, you know, even though it wasn't around that long and a pretty decent library, you know, tens of hours of footage. And for Anthem, one 
by one, by one, by one, to accidentally delete all of them, that's gangster. That's gangster. That to me, that's the equivalent of I break up with my wife or mostly my wife. I break up with my wife and I throw all the shit in the garbage before she could go get it. That's what I compare it to. It's like Anthem just was, I think personally, in my opinion, it's just opinion. I think Anthem still has the footage. I think it's locked away somewhere in a box. And I think one day after Jeff Jarrett just sweats for a couple of years or maybe a decade, they're going to say, Jeff, you're not going to believe this. We thought we deleted your tapes. Even though they say GFW on it and all the goofy green logos, we thought it was something else. My God, they're here. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Mark this day down. I honestly think years from now, somebody's it's gonna be like Duggan picking up the title out of the trash can. Somebody anthem's gonna be like, Oh, Jeff, you're not gonna believe it. We thought we deleted them. They're here. They're here. And you know what would be great? If they tweeted them, they're here, and they misspell it, too. T-H-E-R-E. They're here. They're not coming. They're here. They're here. Oh, man, that's gangster. When you actually think about, you know, we're not talking VHS tapes now. We're talking reels. Each one. Delete, delete, delete. Delete, delete, delete. Gangster. Matthew's saying USB hard drive. No, 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 no. You're not putting masters on just a USB hard drive. Delete a USB hard drive. Let me tell you something. If that is even true, the USB hard drive, why you wouldn't make one, two, five, ten copies of it? There ain't no way, man. There ain't no way. So, um, I never met Trina Michaels in person. She was a, a fan of my show, DTKC show. And um, she was a fan. You know, she, she, we had a call in once. Cool chick. Um, I know a few people that know her personally and said nothing but nice things about her. So, you know, breaking news, everybody. I'm not accusing anybody here, but breaking news. Just because someone is involved in the adult industry does not make them a bad person or a nasty person or an evil person. Um, getting back to indie wrestling. Uh, Flip Gordon has signed a new deal with Ring of Honor and Alex Hammerstone has signed a new deal with MLW, which I think are definite assets. You know, you ask yourself, you know, Ring of Honor with a lot of uncertainty with tomorrow because of the COVID, you know, they're just trying to tread water right now. And, you know, hopefully everybody survives this. You know, every business is going to have victims and wrestling is definitely going to have victims as well. We just hope that it's not as widespread. The one thing, the one thing that saves a lot of indie wrestling promotions is this. And some of you out there will agree with me 100% on this. There are a lot of indie promotions out there that do shows every two or three months. Sure, there are some that do it every couple of weeks. But there are a lot of indie promotions out there that do shows every two to three months. So if your last show was in February, you know, and you're now in June, it's not that much further. If you're doing shows every two to three months, you probably have a different business. Like your main income is a totally different business than pro wrestling. So a lot of the shows that run less events a year, they'll survive with no problem. 
the shows out there that have really built themselves up to a huge responsibility with TV and commitments, those are the ones that are trying to survive right now and struggle. And I, I honestly wish them all the best. There's not one promotion out there that I wish any bad on, to be honest with you. So, um, with that said, uh, I, I wasn't joking earlier when I said I was going to be bringing up Buff Bagwell on this show. Yes, he's not part of indie wrestling right now, but it was a big story last week. We mentioned it briefly, so I figured I'd share with everyone. You know, he made a lot of news, a lot of concern last week because he did a cameo video, looked drunk, looked like he had bruises on his face. And uh, he also made a joke that he was going to beat up the cameraman, which was his girlfriend. Um, he did another video. Now, it's funny because last week when we were talking about the video, a lot of you out there were saying, that looked like makeup. That looked like he had makeup on his face. Why he would make himself look like he was beat up made no sense. But if he's pissed drunk, maybe he thought that was a funny thing. Hey, put makeup on, make me look like I got beat up or something. This video now... No bruises on his face at all. Clean as a whistle. But he said that, you know, it wasn't a big deal. He was only making a joke that, you know, he was a little fucked up in the video, but he's not an abuser. He didn't beat up his significant other. And he even admitted that Diamond Dallas Page and many others reached out to him because they were very concerned about that video. So, look, the cameo video he did, I don't know who ordered the cameo video, but I'm sure they were in for a nice surprise when they got that footage. But, you know, let's let's hope that everything that Buff Bagwell said uh, now as a follow-up is true. Um, yeah, one fall, go to cameo, type in his name, and just see some of the samples, you know. Cameo has become a big deal, you know, in fact, I, I'm not lying, man. Bunch bunch of people are telling me, you know, because a lot of indie people do it too, podcasters, YouTube people, like, hey, want to set up a cameo, and I was going to do it just for charity, you know, like ten bucks a shot, and just donate the money directly to some type of cause. But um, I decided not to do it because honestly, I I'm not, you know, in that category, even as you know, a podcaster, even though I've been doing this stuff since '97, I. I Nah, I, I don't think... It would be cool to do it for charity, but I don't see myself doing that. But you'd be surprised how many are on there. In fact, if I understand this correctly, I think Roman Reigns is now on Cameo. Might have to pay like 500 bucks to get a Cameo from him, but he's on there, Foley is on there. There are quite a few people that are now on there. So, um, yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Check out Cameo and look at the thing. You know, it was a little depressing for me because I looked at some of my favorite baseball players growing up and to see them now very aged and mortal, you know, it was a little depressing, you know, but um, I've actually donated money to a couple of Cameos. Every, all three times that I've done it in the last month, I've asked for no video in return. One, as you know, insisted on doing a video anyway, but the other two, I said, look, I said, I appreciate, you know, the entertainment you've given me so far. I said, this is not much, but, you know, once this pandemic is over, you know, buy a beer or go out to dinner, you know, on me. And uh, two of the three were like, you know, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And did no video because I didn't want any attention my way. So I try to give back a little bit here and there. That's why I get the shirts and stuff like that. You know, show support, 
And, you know, look, I'm not going to put myself in debt or hawk over it, but, you know, that you, you show support, you know. But anyway, um, no way, Mortaka, there ain't no way that Roman Reigns only charges $150. Post that link right now. There ain't no way. It's a, they, I, can, I find that impossible. If Roman Reigns only charged $150 for a cameo, every website would be talking about it right now. It, it can't be. It can't be. I could switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I believe Benjamin Moore. 350 sounds more right. I went on the page. It was either 350 or 500. It was a big amount. It was definitely not $150. But um, yeah, go check it out. So, but anyway, I think we're done. You know, much love, everybody. You know, we have fun today. Two and a half hours, a little bit shorter than last week. But um, great episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, 350. That does sound about right. Um, Garth about stuff with Vince McMahon and XFL. Go look at my original rant about XFL. I said that that promotion will be sold to someone. All right, Vince is out of the football business. That's it. He's done. So I said that I hope that somebody buys that company, pays the creditors or comes to a negotiation, and they rebirth XFL. Do not count XFL out yet. Somebody out there should be willing to pay for it, pay for the rights. You, I don't even want to compare it to WCW, but you could sort of compare it to WCW. It ain't worth a hill of beans right now, but if someone's willing to pay a couple of million dollars for the rights of it, who knows? Don't do not count out XPW returning down the line. The only problem is, is that it's going to have that stigma of having an omen attached to it. Look at what happened in 01. Look what happened now. You know, every it return in, in, and we got the pandemic. So anything is possible. We'll see what happens. So, but uh, that's it. I'm out of here, everybody. So Friday, if you're not doing anything, I will be here Friday with the Don Tony show. You know, we'll talk about SmackDown, any other news that breaks. We'll see what happens with the ratings, with uh, with NXT and AEW. I'll confirm to make sure the Bruce Mitchell story is accurate. I can't play a clip because I know that son of a bitch will give me a copyright strike. But, uh, you know, we'll see what's going on. And uh, super chat, chat as always. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have a blast. And again, Patreon... Saturday, Mish and I will be doing breakfast soup. It is video and audio for our patrons. That will be airing Saturday live sometime between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern. We're not sure what time yet. We normally do it on Sunday, but the thing is, Patreon renews on June 1st. We have a lot of international members, friends there, and we didn't think it was right to do the show Sunday when in some countries it would already be June 1st which means that they would have to renew just to hear that episode. So we didn't think that was right. So we wanted to make sure everybody got the episode before the month of May is over. So we do care. We do try to care. So, all right, everybody, I'm out of here. Be well, much love as always. And I'll catch you all again Friday with the Don Tony Show. No glitches today, nothing. I'm happy. Ciao, everybody, much love.
John O'Mai. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. John O'Mai. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don O'Mai. You can have fun. You really are. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I could learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to myhealthpolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, myhealthpolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. Myhealthpolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com.